All right, Joel Radio's back. How's it going, everybody? Another big podcast for you today. A returning guest. You earned your coming back to the show. Thank you so much. I think you did. I think it, it's been long, but we'll, we'll talk about that. Oh, that's that's awesome! Thank you. But it's good to talk to everybody. Joel Radio here, the final show before the election. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and I, I, I'm not sure that I'm doing a show directly following the election, so uh, mm. I will leave that to others. <laughs> <laughs> Probably think twice about that. Yeah, <laughs> but I did vote, so Congrats. I did that, and uh, you know. If you want to know, I'll tell you. But hey, if you don't, that's okay do you, too. Do you feel like more of an American now that you've done that? And <sighs> I'm, I was going to vote anyway, but you know now it's like you can get an absentee ballot in Michigan by right. doing nothing, and so I got <laughs> right. that. Anyway, my guest today, Jason Filan Mayers. Welcome back to the show, Hello, Jason. Everybody. Thanks for having me, Joel. Appreciate it. Comedian, uh, you you might remember Jason from Movie Mania yeah. of this year, right around Oscar time in February. Yeah, you yeah. were here. It's a good time. And you sat in uh, with Corey Hall, who yes. sort of uh, kind of did the run-in on that one. We didn't expect <laughs> him to be here, and then he was here. No, it was fun. Yeah, and you had never met him. And, no, uh, I had not. And I couldn't believe that uh, he didn't like NXS. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, damn this guy, but he Does was not great. like NXS. I loved, I loved uh, being challenged. That was, it was fun. Yes. We had a good time. And, uh, and, and, of course, you know, afterwards, and I think I've told you this, he said, no, that Jason's really cool. We should have him back on. Oh, cool. And all that stuff. And, of course, that's nice. that was, and I think I've said this on the show, but I was the last time I saw Corey Hall in person was that day. I'm sorry to hear that. So, yeah, yeah. but I'm glad you got to experience him yeah, in, his, did, uh, yeah. in full here yeah, on, he a, on the show. He's a stuff. good man. Yeah, yeah. yeah and uh, so anyway, so that was last time Jason was on. But with the pandemic, you know, yeah. it's been hard getting guests in here. And <laughs> um, but I think things are, are you know, we've t- we've taken precautions. Yeah, we have. We are we're sitting 187 feet away <laughs> from each other right now. No, Maybe we're, not. No, we're not. We're good. Well, I have this. I think my innovation is this barrier. Yeah. Of air. I like that. That blows between us. Yeah. Are we sure it's going pushing things out in the right direction? No, it's pushing them all over to that wall, and then they're going to turn Circle. left and come right back. Circle. Exactly. And go directly into your lungs. That's, hey, you know, you got to... You got to just, I don't know, toughen up. I don't have an answer for that. I don't know either, but you do it, you <laughs> Nobody know, does. Hey, Nobody does. Listen, if I test positive, you'll be the first one to know. <laughs> I will go, Jason, hey, just so you know. And the same. Yeah, but we'll uh, doing that dance together. Um, we were talking about the election. So, yeah, I voted, which was, you know, yeah. um, my voting thing is, you know, my ballot's two pages. Okay. A lot of it is college, uh, you know, all the public college. Oh, right. What do they call that? The boards uh, or whatever the, um, board of direct board of commissioners. Yeah. Of the colleges. stuff most people don't pay attention to, but it's still important for your community. Skip sure. all that shit. <laughs> right. That's just, what I do. Just, I skip all that shit. Do you just do, are you one check mark and you're done or no? No. no. Well, look, you vote for the president, you right. vote for the Senate, you right. vote for, you know, I think the local issues are big. Yeah. You know, like there's a parks millage for Oakland County. Well, right. I got to vote on that. Right. Um, there was one about, um, digital search and seizure. Hmm. And it says, I can statewide, where do you want to deny the police the right to search 
your electronic data without a warrant. Because hmm. apparently it is legal now to, or it's a gray area or whatever, so hmm. it's on the ballot now. Hmm. Do you want to prevent the police prevent from them. doing that without a warrant? And I said, yes, we should prevent the police. I would lean towards that So as that's well. a real yeah. sort of freedom uh, yeah. thing, libertarian, which is sort of what I am, I, I would, guess. Yeah, I, I I'm not of, anything, but if I was anything, I'd be that. Yeah, I hear you. I, I, I would also be against that. I mean, obviously there are... Um, there would be certain situations where you'd be like, no, I'm all for it, but you can't yeah, really have it yeah. that way. Um, and then yeah. I, I held my nose and voted for Joe Biden. Oh, there you go. Yeah, which, yeah. you know. Not not a lot of enthusiasm. Well, my thing, and I guess if you, if you listen to last week's show, uh, when I talked about the documentary Totally Under Control and Donald Trump's uh, in his administration's right. reaction to the pandemic, I said, yeah. I think we've had enough of that. Yeah. And I said, well. I could vote third party, which I almost always do. Right. Almost always do. Because I don't believe in the parties. I think the party system is wrong, but I said I'm going to vote for Biden Mm -hmm. in order to prevent Trump from winning. Sure. Sure. And that was my rationale. No, I think a lot of people feel that way. I think with the the pandemic, you know, after 9-11-01, those of us that are are old enough to really remember it, Mm -hmm. you know, it was all about we're going to prepare for the next thing. It's going to be a pandemic. And then when this thing happened, I'm like, oh, they're going to just ace this. And I'm like, wait a minute. You had all this time. How did it go There was no acing of anything. No, there was no acing. um, It was, you know, I mean, and again, I I, I don't want to harp on the documentary, but if you get Mm -hmm. a chance, it is on Hulu now, totally under control. Yeah. I mean, just the botches from... I I mean, and look... People make mistakes, sure. and there's no time machine and going back. And doing right. 9-11 is one of those things that yeah. had a couple things gone right, we would have stopped that. Right. Um, but we didn't. And, and yeah. you know, where does the blame lie? I think in that case, it's kind of hard to tell, or it's just, you know, it is. Uh, th- this, this, this pandemic response was so bad. Yeah. And yeah. so many other countries got it right, which you'll see in the documentary, because it's a lot of, they compare South Korea a lot to America's to, response. Yeah. It's and a, it's unbelievable. It's unthinkable. I actually, I don't know if you saw this, but comes um, probably a couple months ago in Wuhan, they just decided it was over and they had a giant pool party. You oh. can see like 50,000 people <laughs> in a swimming pool. There was a DJ and, I'm, and, oosh, oosh, and they're all okay. and I'm dancing and raving. I'm like, are you guys sure? Yeah, are you 100% sure? I'm not doing that. But, no you way. Know. He'll know. So uh. this whole thing and, you know, the fact that it happened in an election year is making everything, you know, you wonder about any po- politician's motivation. Oh, are they sure. just trying to get reelected with yeah. this or are they... Uh, is this really what they feel the best course uh, going forward is? It feels like a golden football for the for the Democrats. I mean, this is like the clouds parted. Yeah. And all, even though it's a terrible situation, it, it wouldn't be smart for them not to try and use it to their advantage. But then yeah. there's a matter of well, what's moral and what's not. You, are you politicizing the nation's health? A tragedy. Uh, right. You know, and Trump, who got the, you know, Evidence, exhibit A should be Trump and all of his staff and his family getting COVID. I know, I know. But he also, this is my political analysis, is like, boy, he could have taken that. Yeah. Changed his tune. Yeah. Had the reason for changing his tune. Nope. Got moderates to go to his side, no making him sympathetic, and he wouldn't do it. No, not even close. Which is, which is why people with their conspiracies and all this stuff about Trump, it's yeah. like, He's not that well thought out. No, he's there not. Was a, there was a path for him to use that as a way to 
get reelected, and, and think, he hasn't chosen well, that path. I so think pride would prevent something oh. from that. Could you? I don't know if you heard this, but there was originally a plan when he was coming out of the hospital, and they nixed it that he was just imagine people would lose their mind. I don't know if you know what I'm talking about. Yeah, I, I've gonna, heard this. Gonna, but tell people. Yeah, yeah. That For those of you that don't know, uh, apparently the plan was he would walk out of the hospital, rip open his shirt, and have a Superman shirt on underneath. But people would have just lost their minds. Which, and I think. I, I say what I have to laugh at, just the audacity yeah. and the stones it would take to do that. You know, Trump, I think we may look back on the Trump administration, and mm-hmm. I think this is, my feeling is this is how it's going to go. Okay. I think we are going to look back on this and laugh. Uh, I hope so. I, I think so. Yeah. I mean, now look, granted, you know. If we don't have another civil war, I think we <laughs> yeah, will probably. If we can avoid that, it's one or the. I don't know if it's one or the other, or right. some shades of gray in there. Yeah, but um, yeah, I, I think we may just look back on like, what the fuck were we doing with this guy? Yeah, I, how I, was he? How did he get elected? I mean, who fell for this stuff? When when uh, when he was running in sixteen, I remember specifically thinking like. He almost seems like a mere reflection of a lot of us. I mean, I know now we how he's so rude and he's so brash and everything, but that's how a lot of us are. So at the time in 2016, I wasn't thrilled with him either, but I thought this somehow makes sense that this guy would be running, you know? I think, you know, in 16, and I talked about it on this show while it was happening, Mm -hmm. and I think I would even tell Corey this, he'd sit here and I'd say, you know, I, I watch these speeches on, you know, CNN or whatever, right. C-SPAN, you know, when he was campaigning. And I go, these things are fun. Yeah. He's charismatic. He's like, it's wrestling. He's cutting promos on everybody. Right. And it's fun. Right. Like right. he was, you know, he was very entertaining. Yeah, he was. He was doing things most uh, politicians yeah. have never done before. And But I also feel like, you know, the fatal flaw, and I think where people, people that follow him don't get, mm-hmm. is that... They they saw the way Trump behaved on The Apprentice. Yes. And they wanted him to run the country where <laughs> he would turn to somebody he didn't like and say, you're fired. And that would be great. And he would, you know, tell, awesome. tell the Chinese where to go and the North Koreans and all this stuff. And and to some degree, he did those things. He kind of did. But yeah. it's like when you fired your entire cabinet <laughs> in like the first six months, I, I'm exaggerating, but it's not, you know. It's a bad look. The senior staff does not, is not, you know, they do not hold those jobs for a long time. It's a bad look. You know, it's terrible. It's like that's, your government is not efficient when you're firing everybody every couple of weeks. I think that's what people uh, had this obsession, or maybe still do with reality TV. I, I've never understood that. Yeah. And then I think it was like, it wouldn't be cool. And there were like probably for six months after the election, I would just be walking around and think like, the Chicago Cubs won a World Series, yeah. Cleveland Cavaliers won an NBA championship, <laughs> Donald Trump's the president. What the hell well, is happening? And, and you know, it's the thing that people get into. Well, the businessman, we can. Oh, this country's got a deficit. We need a businessman to run the country. And it's like the government is not a business. Right. And, and you can't run it like a business. Right. And you can't, you can't polarize people. You need to yeah. bring people together. That's what makes a great president. Not That's a true. divider, but a uniter. That's and, true. and God, he's been just, I mean, he's literally, but I mean, he, because uh, my feeling when he got elected was, well, I'm really surprised. <laughs> yeah, I was too. But. He's got to mellow out. Yeah, I thought he he's would. He's not, but no, he's nope. been worse than he's... the guy. I mean, I mean that I think is a reason. To, if if you voted for Trump the first time, you can actually look at what he did and say, 
he actually didn't even do what he said he was going to do. Right. And the stuff that he did was far worse. Right. And, you know. It's been a weird four years. I mean, you really. can support him, I guess, mm-hmm. without having him be the president. Right. And maybe that's his future is to be that outsider. Maybe. Um, I mean, kind of, you know, the, the, the silent, not the silent majority, but you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like the, yeah. the, 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 you know, the, the contrarian thing that people that everyone will look to. Well, I think he uh, kind of tried to do that with, um, and this is one thing that I found really irritating was the Obama birth certificate thing. Oh my God. Even if you don't like Obama, I just thought, who are you yeah. to, what the, why are we listening to you? <laughs> who gives well, a shit what you I'm, say? Let me ask you a question. Has he figured that out yet? I got, I hope I mean, so. has he, I mean, well, I don't know what year he was really, you know, that's really how he got involved in becoming right. president was right. that birther movement. Ugh. And he was on, you know, I was watching a clip of, of, you know, someone on YouTube was talking about QAnon, which is a whole nother story. Yeah, but, no, God. But, you know, that started with the birther thing and, right. and Trump was on there. And I'm like, you've been president for four years, dude. Like, how much more power do, if, if you want to prove that Obama wasn't born in the United <laughs> States. Yeah. You you can't find a higher office to prove that. I think he did. I think at some point he kind of came out and said, "Yeah, I guess he was born here." I, oh, okay. I think he, I, 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 I think there was a moment. Yeah. I would say too, though, just because we're finishing up closer to the election, no matter who you're you're um, you're pulling for, I, I think that if I were, you know, in the Biden camp, I would see that, you know, is a, a good alternative to Trump. But I feel like right now. He and Kamala Harris are doing a little prevent defense. I feel like they're okay. not aggressive, and I think that yeah. Trump is like a a wild man unleashed. And, yeah. and if that's if that's what you like, I mean, he did like three rallies in one day yesterday, and you know, I don't, yeah. you know, I don't know about Biden if his mental health or whatever, both of them, but I, I don't know. I well, don't know what I mean, approach is going to work. I don't if, know. if you think Biden should be on the attack and he's not, and that's what's right. going to, but I also think that. So much of Trump's campaign is negative. That's true. That yeah. why give them any more ammunition? That's fair. You know, why, yeah. you know, stand up on stage and say Trump's a bad guy. And, mm-hmm. and you know, he did that in the debates. And I think he mm-hmm. did well in those. Mm-hmm. And um, I don't know. Yeah. Then again, maybe it is a smart approach. You know, it's uh, they. I think at this point, everybody has heard what they need to hear yeah. and they have a pretty good idea. So, um, yeah, I mean, we'll see. All right. Well, that's enough politics. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's fine. We're going to get that's plenty enough. of That's enough. I didn't even, I was, I was hoping to not even, but I will let people know that I voted. And is it important? I, everything that you can't go to a website or watch a television show without people telling you to vote. So, <laughs> right. yeah, I know. It's that whole. You don't need oh, me. Oh, you can't doing be in the that. conversation. Yeah. You didn't vote. I mean, it's yeah, important, it's but I'm not going to lecture anybody. Yeah, about it. it's fine. I mean, look, I think that's what we'll say about it. And, and maybe when I'm back in a couple of weeks. Mm-hmm. There'll be things to talk about. I hope that it doesn't get ugly on either side, depending too. upon who wins and loses. I don't think that is helping anybody out. But I uh, think, one last word, I think that when you mentioned a civil war, I think we are, in a way, already in one. I think it's, it's more cultural, cultural war. civil yeah, war. Absolutely. Yeah, and I hope there's not that moment of... You know the shot heard around the world, and that kicks something out. I don't want to well, see that. I don't. And I think most people don't. You know, it's, it's uh, the whole thing. I, I think to attach yourself to either side, they're both silly. They really. I, are. I don't want to say they're equally silly, but you know, <laughs> you know, being moderate yeah. is probably the way to go. Yeah, I would. And agree. I think, and I think, you know, when if you're going to ask me what's going to solve this. I think apathy 
Yeah. Is right. what has to win out. That's a good point. And I know that sounds terrible. Oh, my God. We all need to vote. We all need to be no, active. But we all you probably to, have to like, go there first. I, I think just a little bit of, you know, turn off the news channels and, uh, you know, live your life. And I think part of the lockdown has made, has sort of amplified all of that. Oh, God. Because people are sitting at home all mm, night. Yeah. And, and, you know, and I, I've been looking at, you know, the television ratings. Uh, for the cable news channels mm. in the evenings. Yes. Unbelievable. Tucker Carlson Unbelievable. is crushing right now. And, and you know, it's like people are afraid and they're looking, you know, they're looking for these television shows to sort of uh, endorse their opinion yes. or give them comfort from what they think is about to happen. Right. And meanwhile, the, the those shows are not. Those shows don't know any more than you and I it's do or anybody else. It's just people talking. They're they're comedians in a different way, you know. Yeah. I mean, they're entertainers, and um, I think you can take it for what it's worth. But you, I couldn't agree with you more about people want their uh, opinions verified, yeah. you know. And the, oh, this guy agrees right. with me, so it's good, you know. I don't know. I mean, I mean listen, and and hey, look, if you want respect for, if I ask you a question, and this means you, li- anybody listening, mm-hmm. any person, mm-hmm. doesn't have to be Jason, but you know, still. <laughs> If you don't have an opinion, I'm okay with that. Yeah. Or say, I don't know. Yeah. Gun control. Ask me about gun control. I don't fucking know. What the yeah. fuck, fuck, fuck do I know about gun control? I, know. I don't know. I know. I don't, I don't know. know. I don't know either. I don't know. I mean, I mean if you want to take a libertarian approach, then everyone should have guns. Well, Boy, that sounds dangerous. It's a, you know, so. <laughs> it's hard because, like, it's because you're not just speaking for yourself. You're speaking for everybody. I think we forget that sometimes. Yeah. Like, if you want to own an AK-47... I guess that's your prerogative, yeah. but not everybody wants you to have that. Yeah. I don't know. And then you get some uh, personal rights. I don't know. Yeah, I, don't, I, I mean, it's, you're right. It's, I don't know. It's, it's I, that thing where, you know, well, there's two sides. And, yeah. you know, if you don't want to pick a side, I, I'm okay with that. What, you know, you're, you know, you are a, a guy that works in an office. Mm-hmm. You know, you're an accountant. Mm-hmm. And if you don't have an opinion on abortion, that's okay. I, I agree. Yeah, that's, I'm, I'm, it's like, I, I okay. Agree. That's all right. Yeah, I wonder. I wonder if the founding fathers could ever like right now. There's somewhere like going. Come on, man. <laughs> you figure it out. But it's, it's been all right there. But it's been you know for decades. Mm-hmm. No one knew your opinion on abortion or gun control. Exactly. You didn't really talk but about it. But then people have social media and they feel like they should be sharing their opinions. They do, Boy, and then, that's a mistake. And then also uh, excommunicating anybody that doesn't agree well, with them, of course, which is, to yeah. me is just kind of anti-American right. to do yeah. that to hate somebody. You know, I, I mean, look, you we've been living next door to horrible people, all of us, yeah. for years and years. Of course. People, not horrible people, but you know, people we disagree with. Right. They're in our families, and we work right. with them, and we live amongst them. And that's been okay until the last decade. Exactly. Yeah. You know, no one had a problem with that. I, I just I don't like the idea that you know somebody, and you've had great experiences, and they're a great person, and then you find out they voted for somebody other than you like, and then you just hate them. I don't understand that. Yeah. Why wouldn't you try to rationalize and think about why they got to that point instead of just disowning them? It's so weird that, like, you know, people have an opinion, and then people want to correct them. Uh, It's it's so sanctimonious, and it's like, get, get off your cross. You know, I mean, there are people who, and, and I also think that when you watch a news show, mm-hmm. or even if you listen to this show, mm-hmm. and you don't like NXS, <laughs> and Corey Hall does. Dare you. No, and you kidding. guys, but if, if you guys are arguing about NXS mm-hmm. with the purpose of entertaining people <laughs> listening, yeah. that's okay. Absolutely. I think if you're going to argue about something, 
that neither of you are, you know, if if you're not in a public forum, if you're not on some show for entertainment purposes, mm-hmm. why are you even arguing with that people? Okay, I don't like NXS. Well, okay, who cares? Exactly. exactly. I like NXS. Who cares? I know. I remember he specifically said, uh, oh, that's like for middle school girls. Like, <laughs> have you heard is. Listen Like Thieves? Yeah. Have you heard it front to back? That's okay, though. I have not. <laughs> I probably did because I grew up when oh, that shit. was big. Uh, I, I love. I but love that was. But, but in excess. Well, I'm not going. I, no, I'm going to let you. I'll let you go. That's what we were just it's saying. Yours. It's all good, man. I'm it's letting you go. All good. But, you know, I can argue my case. Right. About it. And you right. can argue your case. Sure. And I'll, I still like you. You know, <laughs> Ted Moss, Same. still my friend. Sure. He yelled at me for two and a half hours last week. <laughs> yeah. And. Right. And some hours when the show wasn't being recorded. And <laughs> oh, so it continued after? I still like talking to Ted. Of course. I still enjoy him. These people that we, uh, and I mean this in all sincerity, the people that we have close to us that we disagree with, those are the people that you learn from and you grow from. And I would suggest to everybody, surround yourself. Instead of like isolating yourself with just, hey, I'm going to hang out with people I vote for, yeah. hang out with people you, you know, that are have the opposite view of yours. Sure. Those are the good people, yeah. man. You know, it's... And, and maybe you're and, missing and, out. And you know, if your opinion changes on something, that's okay too. It is okay. We that's grow- probably cool. That's probably better. Well, we grow as we get more information. Yeah. I think it would be ridiculous not to change your opinion. Well, I mean, even if you want to even talk about music, like there's stuff that I never listened to that I listen to now. Yeah. That I'm like, oh, this is cool. Such as Crosby, Stills, and Nash. Yeah, I love. Just them. as an example, mm-hmm. never cared about Crosby, Stills, and Nash until mm-hmm. the last year. Yeah, I came to them pretty late too. And, but you know, that's cool. Yeah, it is because it's and, out there. And, and I'm not. And I never like hated Crosby, Stills, and Nash. Right. But they must have done 50 concerts in the town I live in <laughs> when they were active, and I went to none of them. Exactly. And now you're like, damn it. And I'm know. like, man, I'd like to see those guys. You know, I'm watching old shows of theirs yeah. and watching documentaries and stuff, and I'm like. These guys were cool. But that's fun because you can discover that throughout your life, you know? And, and, you know, the stuff I liked when I was a younger man or a teenager, I still like. Right. You know, and I'm good like that. I I don't, you know, I mean, I never want to be the person that, you know, people that look back and go, oh, what the fuck was I was listening to this and I... (laughs) I wore these clothes and I watched this show. But I think everything can be cool in its own way. It can be. And and sometimes people are just doing what's the fashionable thing to do at that time. Right. And because I remember being in high school and I liked, you know, I was into Dylan and the Beatles Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. Springsteen. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh, that stuff was not hot. Yeah. That was not cool stuff to be listening to in... 86 yeah you know it really, it really wasn't. Was, it wasn't and i was into it and like there was stuff that was out that i liked mm-hmm. you know there was people making new music that i liked yeah but i was also like you know yeah i can't get into bon jovi really poison you know Motley poison Crew. yeah that's i was like there were some things about that that i liked mm-hmm. um but you know there was a lot of stuff that i was just like yeah same for me same era yeah. i was probably listening to echo and the bunnymen the cure the sure, smiths sure. but then like as a, and then I had music snobbery because I have an older sibling, okay. uh, older sister, and but then now like I put on a poison and it's like yeah this stuff's all yeah, right man right. it's something to go to the bar yeah, to yeah I get, mean you know, it's, it's, when you when you take things out of when they were made yes it feels like you know and part of that is that tribalism of oh god these guys listen to this and you guys listen Goth to people, this skaters and I was kind of yeah. like listen to whatever I want and, and you know my contemporaries weren't into what i was into but you know i think they eventually came around to it as i think as they matured and 
got older and yeah. were like, oh, okay, that is cool. And all my buddies listened to you know cla- what was considered classic rock then. And then now I, I, I couldn't live without that stuff. Yeah. I love it. It's so great. But um, Yeah, look, I mean, and, and, you know, there's certainly stuff that I hated then <laughs> that I hate now, you for know. For sure. And there's, there's you know, I guess there's, I guess I don't hate anything as much as I used to because, again, yeah. well, let those people listen to that. Well, you know, the, 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 pun- the punchline of, you know, music punchline is always that nickelback, how bad yeah. they are. But you know what? Those I don't listen to them. I have nothing against yeah. them. Those dudes make a ton of money. Oh, sure. They tour all over the. Right. Somebody's listening to them, right? So good for them, you know. And uh, but I think here's a thing. I think a change that happened, and this was a media thing or maybe a technological thing, mm-hmm. was when you had the radio, and that was where people were discovering music and listening to music. Right. There were bands that never got played on the radio, right? Because they were playing garbage, right? And th- you, as a fan of these bands, mm-hmm. you know, fan of, like, in the 80s, the replacements, the Pixies, right? Oh, God. They weren't on the radio. Exactly. And who was on the radio? Well, Poison and Bon Jovi were on the radio. And, st- yeah. and it was like, why is th- these bands are so much better oh. than those bands? It- and eventually, when they did have alternative radio, then you have your Nirvana breakout right. and Pearl Jam breaks yep. out yep. and Alice Chains. Smashing Pumpkins. Yeah, all and those, it's yeah. like, well, yeah, because that became the thing. So, so I think there was a resentment amongst people like me where the things that were really popular were shitty just because the things that I liked couldn't get exposed in that way. And I think there was such a, a, like a cool factor to that. I mean, the Replacements album, Tim, I just think is a masterpiece. Yeah. And I've only discovered it in the last few years. I'm like, what the hell was I doing that I wasn't listening to this in high school? Yeah. You know, but, but there is that cool factor of like, hey, let's listen to stuff nobody else is listening to. Now, now you're cool. Yeah. And like, oh, you guys are listening to that stuff. Look at me. I've got, you know, uh, Kiss Me, Kiss Me, Kiss Me on vinyl. Right. And we're going to yeah. play that, you know. Well, you know, <laughs> it's, uh, I think you're, I think it's, to if you're going to be a person that's going to evolve, maybe your tastes change. Yeah. And that's okay. All right, let's talk about sure. comedy. Yes. Because that I know you from comedy. You, you took my advanced comedy yes, class sir. some time ago now. I can't remember exactly it's when. It's been about, uh, know. about a year. About a year? Okay. Yeah, it's a good time. And Great time. Um, you've been doing shows, and you've been yes, doing sir. shows during the pandemic, which I haven't been doing. Yes, I have. At least a little bit. <laughs> well, what kind of happened was um, right when the pandemic hit, I was just coming off of kind of four years get tough mentally t- mental time which is what put me in a comedy in the first okay. place so then that i kind of um got this idea that you know we all need to laugh but then like what if we combine laughter with like being aware of mental health okay so then i started the what we call the doomsday shelter comedy okay. which uh, actually started out with um my my good comedy friends brandon Ponky and matt khan um tagged me on facebook with it was like Jokeathon twenty. Everybody okay. was doing like a video yeah. joke, and I just recorded myself reading my rate my professors' uh, ratings. Oh, okay. I don't know if you guys are familiar with that. I used to be a college professor, and if you go <laughs> on there, they have it's like um, people rate you, and they say things they probably wouldn't put in the review that you turn into the school. Yes. So I, I read those in the voices of the students that I thought wrote them, like angry, t- <laughs> angry teenage girl and like total stoner. And like we did that. I did that for a few minutes and I put it up and I, I, you know, I didn't think yeah. anybody would like okay. it. And it just blew up. Okay. So then we started working on, you know, can we do some shows? And now we have a website, which is okay. actually like the idea behind the website was 
when I was at my lowest, I was sitting at my laptop one day, and my complete accident, my arm bumped my mouse, the screen came up, it was YouTube, and it was Bill Burr doing that bit about, um, uh, was it that motherhood isn't the hardest job? Okay. And I watched it, and I had just seen uh, Craig Shoemaker at the castle. Okay. And I started talking about comedy, and my wife said, I think it would be really good for you, this is like a year ago, a year and a half ago, it would be really good for you to take one of the comedy classes to yeah. help you break out of this depression. And I'm like, no, no, and I resisted. And then I walked into Bill Bouchard's class, yeah. and it all took off. So there you go. this, what we're doing right now is sort of the culmination of that. Like, let's get people happy, let's get people laughing. Right. And then the website also has a lot of different stuff for people who are struggling. So, okay, yeah. cool, yeah. And, Thank you. Uh, you're uh, you're going to be back in the advanced comedy class. I am. I'm that so excited. That starts November 7th. So if you're 7th, listening okay. to this, yeah, there's still a few spots, but you have to get a hold of me. So yeah. uh, joelthecomic at gmail.com or hit mm. me up on Facebook. I've got four or five spots. You know, people people sign up and drop out and stuff. Sure. So it's going to be a little fluid thing. So just uh, send me a message and I will let you know. Uh, uh, but it starts November 7th. It's six weeks. And, you know, I think for a lot of because I know who's signed up mm-hmm. and what we've got now, I think, is a lot of people who they haven't been doing comedy for the last six months sure. and are feeling rusty and right. want to kind of refresh themselves. Yeah, I think that's so I'm, great. we're going to yeah. work with them. And this, so that'll be exciting. Some real good people there and some people I don't know, mm-hmm. you know, some people who like finished Bill Bouchard's class in February and then. Yeah didn't have a chance to do the advanced class sure um so uh yeah it's an exciting time there's a lot of interest based upon Mm -hmm. like the reaction to that Mm -hmm. and probably bill as well i haven't spoken to him Mm -hmm. but um a lot of interest in comedy yeah now people doing it which is nice and and doing it for the first time or continuing to do it because i think and, and i think i made the joke with somebody maybe it was bill hildebrand sitting here with me and i go you know what's frightening is the amount of people who have been laid off their jobs, who are working from home, who decide, you know what, I should really be a stand-up comedian. <laughs> so that's frightening. You knew that was that. That happen. was the yeah. revelation you had in sure. the middle of lockdown. <laughs> sure, that is. But that's great too. I mean, it is great. Whatever yeah, gets you through. Jokes, yeah. No, I know. And uh, for those of you listening, if you're thinking about taking uh, Bill Bouchard or Joel's class, I just want to tell you, it really is. It's such a good time, and I can tell you that without sounding too corny or sappy. It actually saved my life. It saved my oh, life. It brought me wonderful. back from the brink. Absolutely. I'm glad to hear that. Thank you very yeah. much. Uh, I wouldn't. I don't think I'd be here honestly right. if it wasn't for that. Wow. So and and hopefully you know you don't need quite as dramatic a uh, resurrection. But <laughs> if it, I think the best part. I've told Bill this many times. I would tell anybody the best part about doing comedy Metro Detroit is the friendships. Oh sure. Yeah. And the relationships you make with people. You know. It just pulling. It's always any time I go to an open mic or a class, it's like a party. It's a party, yeah. and you get to make each other laugh. It's great. Well, it is great. The hang is certainly, especially in the early days, that is a great thing. It is. You know, in a way that goes away. I think as you go further in comedy, because yeah. you know you're not doing shows with. Ten other comics, you know. Right. There's three of you. The other two guys you've never met, right. and you know your best friend in comedy is in some other town doing his show that sure. night, and you're not necessarily working together, and so right. it does become a little more of a grind, a little more of a job. It does, yeah. I think then in the beginning, you know, it's sort of that, uh, you know, you've got that whole like army buddy thing, right? right? You know, foxhole. Yeah, yeah. We're, we're, you know, we went with the war together, exactly. War buddies, you yeah, know? yeah, and. Um, you know, and and as you get, you know, so I think sometimes the best friends you make in comedy are those people you meet. Yeah. The first year of doing it or the, the first two years of doing it. A couple rungs on the ladder up. 
those people. When when we did our first show at the Fenton Winery and Brewery, end of September, it was a, I'd never run a show before, and I had um, ever since I started going to Mike's, I take mental notes, I study everybody, yeah. and I have an idea of people that I want on the show, and I threw out like. 12 invitations thinking we'll get six comics. They all said yes. Oh, yeah. So I had a show. My wife, Amanda, had never done stand-up, was the MC, <laughs> And then we had 12 comics. And I was a little worried about that. They all did eight minutes, but people loved it. Okay. And it was, it was so much fun. And the people who did that show with me, I am forever grateful. Yeah, I mean, you know, that's great. And, they are and, friends. And one of the things that the class does teach you, and I don't know how, I haven't been to your shows that you've produced, but, <laughs> you know, running a show and the way that you run it, I think, is very important. And I think sure. that's one of the things that um, is really overlooked. People mm-hmm. see, oh, you got stage, you got a mic, you got people sitting there. Yeah. You get some guys to tell jokes and you're done. And yeah. it's, it's really, it's much more complicated than that. There is a chemistry there is. Uh, to running it and to making it good, making it good for the audience, too, right. that I think a lot of people miss. I just want people to go home happy. I mean, yeah. a lot of people in Fenton were just saying, God, I needed this. I can't tell you how many okay. people told me yeah. that. And that felt really good. And we had such a nice, diverse group of comics, and they all brought something different. And they're comics that I'm sure Joel knows, uh, and they're great people. But, um, yeah, I I think one of the things I've I've realized about running a show is, uh, one, I always want to make it feel like an event Mm -hmm. that people look forward to. And the other thing is managing egos. And and I don't mean that in a negative way. It's just that everybody brings something, too. So I think I've been able to transfer some of my uh, people skills, my organization, motivational skills from teaching and just talking i was just we did a show the day and I, I don't know how you feel about this but i love that if i'm doing a show and i have these comics no matter what level anybody is at i'm the boss now i don't mean that in a negative way i All just right. mean whatever they need come to me but then the next day they're running the show and they're my boss i sure. love that yeah that, I that's love that, true and, you know? and i think uh i think you need to have that boss i think yeah. you need to have a person that this show is this person's vision right because I don't think, you know, you know, sometimes I look at these shows and, and I don't know if they're shows or, or even like there's clubs where it's like this is a production of six different comedians. Right. Why? Right. You know, you really need, you know, uh, you need one person. Mm-hmm. You need one good person. Yep. That's a lot of cooks in the <laughs> and, kitchen. And maybe you have a second person that's there to help. Right. But it still should be one person's vision because you don't need, you know, if everybody has their ideas, well, then what are we really watching? Are we watching? Well, you know, and it's not like you can't have other comedians on the show. I'm not exactly. saying that, but, but no, I hear you. you know, like, you know, how much time is everybody doing? Well, yep. somebody's going to decide that. Right. And whoever decides it, that's what you're going to do. Right. And if the show's not, you know, if the show's not good because you, you know, you, you did less time. That's, that's the big thing you run into is, mm-hmm. you know, people doing less time mm, yeah. than they think they should be yes, doing. Yes, yes. And, and then you go, well, you know, and, and I explained this so well in the class, I think, is, is you know, people don't want to hear, you know, just because you can do 20 minutes doesn't mean we need that tonight. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you know? It's so true. Do a killer eight right. minutes, and you know. We did, not everybody needs to hear every joke you ever wrote. You ever wrote. And when I say you, I mean <laughs> all 12 of you on this right. show. Exactly. It's, you know, we're going to give you a certain amount of time, mm-hmm. and that's what we want you to do is do that best amount of time that your, you have. Your greatest hits in eight minutes. And, and you know, and, and it, it's so funny when comics... And this you hear from new. You never hear this from a veteran, right? You know, 
Well, I, I, only, I need five minutes. Right. You say that to a guy who's been doing comedy for a year, and they're going to freak out. Right. Oh, no, I, I, my set is eight minutes. Right. I'm like, no, 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 no. Right. You're going to do five minutes. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. I know. <laughs> and people go, no, I can't. People and, get all wrapped and, and up in that. And that's the thing in my class where I go, well, look, here's what you do. I'm going to give you the short version now, mm-hmm. and you can, if you're listening, you want the full version, come to the class, <laughs> pay yeah. your money, and yeah. I'll give you the full version. But here's the you open, you got an opener, your first joke, you tell that joke. Right. You close with a joke, you tell that joke. Right. How much time's left? Right. Four minutes? Do four minutes of jokes in between. Right. I don't care which ones you do. Exactly. Do, but, I mean, that's your five-minute set. I think the, you know? the best thing to do is, you know, I've been trying to write every single day since the pandemic, and not all of it's great, but I have a lot of stuff I can grab. Sure, You yeah. know, and that's, I think that's really important and, to have a lot of stuff, well, good and, stuff. And, and it does become a thing where you're not going to have time to work some of that stuff out. Exactly. And you're going to have to pick and choose the nights when you're doing new stuff. Right. Because, you know, Saturday night's not the night to do new stuff. Exactly. You know, in exactly. fact, we're going to talk about that in a movie review coming up. There was a okay. line in a movie, but it's totally true. You know, um, you don't do your new stuff on the Saturday night sold out show at 8 o'clock. <laughs> you know, you, uh, you do the new stuff on Thursday night. You do it at the open mic on Monday night. Yes. You know, that's you, when you, you work test it stuff out first. Or, or if you're doing 30 minutes, you do five minutes of new stuff in the middle. <laughs> you know, so right. you, you, you can build a set, but people want to come out and. You know, they love the stuff they just wrote, yeah. and maybe that's not the best stuff to do. Well, I think every yeah. every creative, every artist wants to evolve. We, we did our show Sunday for Wounded Warrior, and we were on our way there, and I told my wife, I got, I was going to do 15. I said, I got 15. It's all brand new. And she's like, no, no, you got to <laughs> you gotta go with the, what's, yeah, what works. And I, she was right. Yeah, she I mean, right. I always think that that's good, and I think that... Um, you know, people want to see you at your best. Right. They don't want to see you working on stuff. And, and you're doing yourself a disservice if right. you're not going to do your best jokes. That's a good point. Yeah. Because, you know, with most shows, and not all shows, mm-hmm. but with most shows, someone is watching you mm-hmm. that can either give you more work, give you better work. That's a good point. Yeah. And this could be, and this is not necessarily. You know, this could be the club manager, the mm-hmm. club owner. This could be one of the other comedians on the show. Exactly. It could be somebody in that show mm-hmm. who has, and I see this all the time at Comedy Castle, where you know I got this uh, Christmas party coming up. I need a comedian. You want to come do it? You know, mm-hmm. if you're not giving somebody their best show, that might be a thing where you're not going to get that invite. You may never know if you don't get it, right? Exactly. But you're more likely to get it if you gave them your best stuff. That's a and, and so good advice. You know, doing your best stuff. And I think a lot of it, too, with young comedians is that, you know, you go to shows and it's just comedians in the show. Mm-hmm. Maybe a couple civilians. Yeah. And then you're doing stuff that you like that is your best stuff. Right. And the comedians aren't laughing because they've heard it before. They've heard it, yeah. And so it's that guy that walks on stage that is doing all new stuff that comedians sort of go crazy for as an audience sure oh this is new stuff i'll listen oh i've heard this stuff before it's so refreshing listen. but yeah you have to find that but balance. you know it's like you can do that but you also got to use those open mics as practice for the big show yeah of course that's and, what they're there for. you know i've seen this a million times where guys you know they're trying to get in at the comedy castle mm-hmm. let's say they want to get booked and mark ridley throws them on a wednesday night open mic and says all right let's see how good you are and sure. these guys 
who I may have seen on the Monday night at the New Way Bar. Right. Or some other show. <laughs> right. Just going up and just talking off the top of their head and roasting the audience and mm, all that stuff. Yeah. And they try to come on Wednesday and put together that six-minute set. And they're trying to flip a switch and do their quote-unquote good stuff. And they don't have that. I mean, they're doing the material. Right. But they're not doing it well. Right. And a lot of times they fall on their face. It's like, well, maybe you, if you had done, if you knew you had to do that set on Wednesday, why not do that set on Monday? Right. Work it out. Yeah. Make sure it's good. Make sure you know how it goes. Mm-hmm. And then when you get to Wednesday, be good. Yeah, exactly. Got to have a rehearsal. Well, it's just a matter of respecting yeah. your craft and, yeah. you know, and putting that together. I mean, um, and it, it becomes challenging to write. And that's why when you see guys who've been doing it for 20 years, mm-hmm. You might see them, you know, a year apart, and it's the same act. Right. And you can't go, well, that seems lame that he's doing the same jokes. But mm-hmm. it's like, for some people, that's their trade, and that is their thing that they do. And what would you? Uh, I'm sorry. What would you say to comics who have a joke that, in certain places at certain times, kills, yeah. and then they go somewhere else, yeah. and it's a pin? You could hear a pin drop. <laughs> what do you do with a joke like that? I, I mean. <laughs> I like the idea of just ramming it back at the, them, but I don't know. The if that's answer the... that people don't like to hear is that you should drop that joke. Yeah. But, and I say that because people go, well, I love this joke mm-hmm. and I love this thing that I wrote and it means something to me. I care about this. Right. And that is what you should write. Mm-hmm. You know, that's my advice if you're trying to write material, write what you care about, write what's, right. write what's unique to you, write what is, you know, uh, uh, stuff that, you know, it, no other comedian could do because it's so unique to you and your right. life. Um, but yeah, there are audiences that aren't going to get that. Mm-hmm. They're, they're not going to care. It's right. going to references will fly over their head <laughs> yeah. or, you know, the joke's too dirty for that audience. Right. And I, f- I feel like you should not have that joke in your act because you want to be able to do this stuff anywhere. That's a good point. You know, yeah. you, you know, if you have to sit before the show and I got to cross this one out, I got to cross this one out. Mm-hmm. Same thing with like language. I mean, I sort of mm-hmm. mentioned that, but you know, if you're too dirty, you know, mm-hmm. people say got to work clean and you're like, oh, I'm scratching this one off. I'm scratching this one off. Yeah. Scratching this one. Off. That's a lot of work. Yeah. You should probably just show up and do that <laughs> thing, you know? Exactly. Um, but also I, I think when you say, um, you know, picking and choosing where you do it, it's not, you know, some people will, like like you kind of said, and mm-hmm. I'm putting words in your mouth here, but right. I'm just going to do it anyway. <laughs> yeah. I know it's going to die, and I'm going to do it anyway. <laughs> right, right. That is, uh, that is a way to not make money in this business. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Because that's not what people want. Right. Yeah, you it's know? ultimately, it's up, it's that, it's their I mean, show. Ideally, you know, I think, I, I've described this in my class, that you're writing your act, so you write what you care about. Let's mm-hmm. make a Venn diagram. That's a circle. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> then you have what the audience liked mm-hmm. of what you... And that's another circle. Right. And they intersect in there. <laughs> yeah. And that is your act. Okay. The intersection of those two things is your act. Okay. These are the things that I care about. These are the things that the audience really likes in my act. Mm-hmm. Now, some people will go the one way like we talked about. This is all stuff that I like, and I don't give a shit if you like it or not. <laughs> right. And then some people go the other way. And they start writing for, I know the audience will eat up this story about how the cop pulled me over on the way to the show Mm -hmm. or how their mama used to beat their ass or whatever, (laughs) hacky, and then you're hack. Yeah. Because you're just writing these jokes that you know the audience is going to cooking. You're not original at that point. You're right. So you can go too far in that direction, too. So I think it's that intersection there. Okay. That's how I, you know, if you're doing jokes and the audience isn't laughing, you know. 
That's my first writing tip in the class is drop the jokes that don't work. Well, and then I, I've heard this it's complaint, the too. Best like, way to get better. Yeah, you know, the audiences are too uptight now or they're whatever. Yeah. The thing is, but if you're if you're good, yeah. they're going to they're go along on the ride with you. They yeah. really will. You've you know? got to find a way to be good in front of everybody. Right. And, and, you know, I think looking at, at my career and, and when I was like a regular road comic, mm-hmm. I was more in, in the I, I was more in the mindset of I'm doing this anyway. Yeah. You know, right. and, and my feeling was I could do the comedy castle on a Saturday night. Mm-hmm. And I could do every joke that I wanted to do, and they'd all hit. Mm-hmm. And then I would go to a small town, and it wouldn't hit. But my feeling was, well, I did this at Comedy Castle. Mm-hmm. That's the real venue. That's right. the real show. Of this is the audience that counts in these small towns. Mm-hmm. Doesn't matter. And small towns kind of don't matter. Mm-hmm. But then it becomes a thing where, you know, an agency books this show and... The guy who owns the club saw you not do well. Exactly. He tells the agent, then the agent doesn't want to give you work because right. he heard you didn't do well. Right. And you're like, well, I did this show. And, you know, so. So would you suggest adjusting the set for different places? It's hard. It, you know, it's, it's one of those things you kind of never figure out. Or if, okay. you, you know, I've never figured it out exactly. Okay. That's, <laughs> I'm, I'm actually relieved to hear that there's no but, definitive answer. But I think here, here's how I would describe certain people's acts. The guys that kill, that have acts that work every single time, it's not so much the material necessarily that makes like those small town shows not work. Mm -hmm. Sometimes the small town shows don't work because the PA is bad. Mm. The audience is sitting in an odd way or they're far from the stage. All factors. You can't hear you. They Mm -hmm. can't see you. Mm -hmm. Um, Sometimes they're prejudiced against you, Mm -hmm. you know, because that's a small town thing that you Mm -hmm. find out Mm -hmm. about, you know, Mm -hmm. or, or... you know, you go to Ohio and the comic bring you, oh, this guy's from Michigan no. and they hate you already. Well, you know, but, yeah. um, but when you see guys like Bill Hildebrandt's a guy I give mm-hmm. an example of, mm-hmm. you know, who's on the show a lot. Mm-hmm. He can work in front of anybody. Yeah. The setup doesn't matter. He can make he has an act because he's been doing it for so long mm-hmm. and he's such a professional that he can make that act work. If the lights are bad, if the stage is bad. No, he'll come off the stage and talk about what a shit show that was. <laughs> right. And how he hated being up there. Mm-hmm. But that audience had a good time. Mm-hmm. Me, my, my, in that same setting, I would just, you know, some of those shows, I would just be like, get me off this stage. Right. You know, yeah. I, I don't want to work any harder than I have to. <laughs> right. You know, I'm not going to, because some comics will stop and they'll talk to the audience mm. and they'll bring people up on stage and they'll do all these little tricks and things yeah. that you can do. Yeah. But I was always a purist wherein I was like, this is the act and the act is good. And I believe that the act is good. And if you don't get it, that's your fault. <laughs> there is a sense of that too. Yeah. And that led me to my lack of success was <laughs> that would be a recipe for uh, being where I was, but but that's okay, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, I think one thing about the pandemic when I when I look at some of these shows is that if I was in if I was somebody who was looking to perform, mm-hmm. that would drive me crazy, right? I think. The, I mean, I haven't been to one of the shows, but the people being far away from oh you, God, yeah, people being in masks, whatever other restrictions that there might be on somebody. And, it's so contrary to the, what the experience yeah, is supposed where, to be. You, know, you want people sitting close together oh, yeah. and, you know, uh, that whole communal thing, which right. you don't have. So to me, that is going to be a challenge for people. Yeah. You know, especially when you talk about, 
you know, I mean, look, I think there's shows, and I certainly see picture people put up pictures of their audiences, mm-hmm. and I'm like. These there's eight people at these tables. Mm-hmm. Nobody's in a mask. It's right next to the stage. Mm-hmm. Like I ain't doing that either. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> Not right now. Exactly. There'll be a time to do that. So that makes me nervous too, uh, as absolutely. a comic, where I'm like, you know, I'm going to do this gig, and even if you're paying me a hundred, two hundred bucks, mm-hmm. like, I don't want to get COVID, man. Exactly. That ain't worth it. Yeah. Even if like so, you feel strongly that yeah. you'll survive, who wants to be sick? Yeah, who wants know? to be sick? And and what are we doing for the? You know, I, I mean, part of me is like, let's not do anything for a while. Mm-hmm. But you know, I I understand both sides there. And, right. and look, the Comedy Castle is reopening. Yeah. I'm teaching my class. We're going to be open for shows starting November fifth, mm-hmm. uh, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. There will not be open mics. I said this on the last show, okay. but and that is because of the sharing of the mic yeah. and the, you know, you imagine and you know because you've been there, but mm. when you. You have that back hallway yeah. behind the stage oh, yeah. on an open mic it's night. It's tight. And it's tight. So <laughs> yeah. I think even when we do bring back those shows, people are going to be coming out of the audience as my guests. That'd be cool. For, for a longer show. So that's a thing that we may end up doing. But for now, no open mics and stuff mm-hmm. like that. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we, we've got to make that, you know, everybody's going to be spread out. Right. And, you know. That's going to um, be weird. But I think we're selling 100 tickets a show, and, yeah. you know, in a 400 C room. 400, yeah. We're going to have say. 100 people. And so uh, it's going to be challenging, and I'm going to be working in there mm-hmm. uh, at the door like I've been doing, uh, you know, so that I'm coming back to that, which is going to make me a little bit nervous, and I'm sure I'll be wearing a mask the whole night. I was going to up. Yeah. I mean, I'm assuming that. We're, we're having a staff meeting next week, so I'll know more, but. Yeah, I think that's going to be the case. So yeah. it's uh, it's going to change things. I, I hope that audiences, and you can tell me, I'm sure this probably has happened in, in your case, where mm-hmm. people understand that. Mm-hmm. They understand the restrictions. They're grateful that they're just able to go out and watch a thing. They are, yeah. And they're okay with it. Does that sound about right? That, that is. Yeah. the. Uh, I think, you know, whatever precautions the comics want to take on my shows... 100% behind that. Yeah. Uh, precautions, the venues. The, the two shows we've done so far have been outdoors. Even the one on Sunday, yeah. we had a heated area. But uh, now as I'm booking shows for December, January, February, those are going to be indoors. And, and when I talk to those owners, they're very enthusiastic about doing the shows. But, you know, they almost don't want to work within the prints because oh, no. they're yeah. frustrated. Oh, I know. frustrated I, and, you know, and they do, but yeah. they're frustrated. I've you know? talked to people that work at some... Not, this is not the comedy castle. Yeah, just no. so everybody knows yeah. where, you know, I, one guy said, I'd rather just pay the fine and be open at full capacity. I, I can understand You know, another no guy said to me, uh, he said... Well, I said, well, how do you get away with, you know, the bar is packed. And mm. he said, we'd rather ask for forgiveness than permission. You that's know, a tough, and, that's a, and, and so yeah, you know, people are too. flaunting, you know, they're breaking these laws in right. ways that they shouldn't be doing. Yeah. I understand that thing about, you know, I can't make money at a quarter capacity. Right. I get that. Right. And I don't know what the solution for those people is. You can also not make money at zero capacity. Well, I mean, that's so, the know. thing. And, and, yeah. and if, if you know how a business runs, you could actually make less money being open than closed. Exactly. Because yeah. your expenses are higher. So a lot, of, a lot of moving parts. My wife and I own a fitness center, Pure Bar Grand Blank. But okay. uh, we, we were closed for a while. And we did. Uh, my wife was teaching and her instructors were teaching virtual classes. And people like that. And then... Now we're open again, and we're just, you know, it's just weird to walk into a fitness center wearing a mask yeah, and then to start to right. exercise with a mask. And as far as, uh, you know, 
kind of deciding where your line is on what to do. I can only speak for myself that coming off of my own personal experiences, for four years I was basically living to die, and now I'm dying to live. And, and so this, all of this is, you know, I don't say extra frustrating. Everybody has their struggles, but it's very frustrating to me. And so when I started doing these shows, I told everybody, look, if you say no, and a lot of comics said no just because they yeah, were sure. COVID. And I yeah, said, yeah. I love you. Right. I will get you on at some point. But then these other folks are like, and I said, come along and do the ride with me. We we're very we spray okay, everything yeah, down. Yeah. We have mic covers. We do everything. Yeah. But at a certain point, somebody asked me a couple months ago when we started doing this. They asked me, "Is it worth risking your life over?" And my answer is yes. To me, it is worth okay, risking yeah, my life that's, for. That's fine. And, yeah. and I think there will be people that will turn it down. I, I sure. know. You know, there are headliners that aren't coming, you know, for different reasons. But there's headliners that won't play the Comedy Castle because it's 100 seats. Right. You know, when it was 400 seats, they were going to make big money. And now that they're not, they're not going to come. It's understandable. Uh, And and there's that thing. And I think there's people that, yeah, just don't feel comfortable. I've kind of been in. my, My thing is maybe more about. The setup and the show not being well and me going, I don't want to be part of a bad show, right. so I'm not going to do this thing. Um, but, you know, a guy invited me on his podcast mm-hmm. and uh, I agreed to do it. Mm-hmm. And then when, you know, like Michigan in the last week, our cases have gone way, way up. Yeah. Our cases. Yeah. And I said to my girlfriend, I said, you know what? I, I got to cancel that podcast invite. And the guy hit me up and he goes, you know, we're doing this on, on a webcam, right? And I go, oh, okay, well, in that case. I was going to say, yeah, I was like, well, and, and even you asked me that before yeah. coming here. You were like, are we doing this? No. Yeah. But, you know, at the like same time, better. I wouldn't have four or five people sure. in this room, which I've had in the past. Sure. I wouldn't have more than me and you sure, in absolutely. here, you know, yeah. uh, under this situation. And plus, we got our super fan in the our middle of Our super fan going. is blowing It's like a nice white noise. Wonderful air. But I would also across. say, too, like, I, I was only speaking for myself. I mean, uh, hey... Anybody, do what you need to do, man. You're yeah, not offending yeah, yeah. me. You're it's not putting okay. me yeah, out. I mean, yeah. just do what you're comfortable with. I, I just, well, I'm looking forward to the day that I walk into the comedy castle and you're just bumping into people yeah. and you're trying to find your seat. Yeah, and that's uh, gentleman's taking you to your seat and you're crossing yeah. all these people. I mean, we're, we're going to see we'll wh- where that ends up. And, you know, I don't think we can flip a switch and go back to how everything was. Right. But eventually we will get there. Yeah, know? I eventually agree. Eventually we will. And that'll be a great thing. All right, we're going to get into our movie reviews and stuff now. Yeah. I'm going to open, though, with one because I've already kind of brought it up in passing. Mm-hmm. And it is a movie that takes place in the world of comedy. Mm-hmm. And you can watch it at home. Mm-hmm. It's called The Opening Act. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is Steve Byrne directed this okay. movie. Do you know who Steve Byrne is? I do, yes. He was on a TV show called Sullivan and Sons. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, I didn't really see much of Sullivan and Sons, but I do know Steve. <laughs> okay. Because Steve, which is so funny watching this movie, and my girlfriend hating my guts because I kept going, I know that guy. I know that guy. I've had lunch with that <laughs> you guy. You know everybody. That guy's That's my why. friend. And I, it, it's literally a movie where every single person in the movie, every character is played by a stand-up comedian. Okay. I'm going to just give you some names okay. right here. Uh-huh. Uh, so Jimmy O. Yang is sort of oh, the yeah. star of this. Yeah. He's the young comedian, mm-hmm. the quote-unquote opening act. Yeah. Okay. He ends up opening uh, for a fictional character played by Cedric the Entertainer. Okay. He's the veteran headliner. Uh, he hangs out at the open mic with Ken Jong. Okay. Yeah. Of uh, what, 
Hangover fame. Of Hangover fame yeah. and Mass Singer and yeah. all uh-huh. this stuff. Uh, the club manager at the Improv, where he ends up opening, for, is played by Neil Brennan. If oh, you nice. know Neil Brennan yeah. from mm-hmm. Chappelle Show and right. all that. Uh, Whitney Cummings shows up to do a guest spot at the club. Uh, he has a day job where he works alongside Roy Wood Jr. Okay, wow. Uh, he ends up doing a radio show, a morning zoo-style radio show, which is Russell Peters and Eliza Schlesinger. Oh, wow. I mean, this is an unbelievable yeah, it's a cast. Gr- crazy he gets lineup. in a cab that's driven by Felipe Esparza. Come on. That's why I have to have this on my phone here. <laughs> uh... Uh, the the open mic that you see him working at the the bar the surly bar owner is played by Kathleen Madigan. Oh, nice! Uh, it just goes on and on. Uh, Joe DeRosa works at the radio station. Who's a, who's been on this show? Uh, Alonzo Bowden is club security. Oh, wow! You got it's an unbelievable list of guys. This is a this movie, movie, not a show. This though. is a tell. This is a feature film. Okay. Directed by Steve Byrne, right. uh, who uh, who also directed one of the amazing Jonathan documentaries, not the uh, not the Hulu one, but the one that's on YouTube. I reviewed both of those on this show. Okay, um, but yeah, Steve Byrne's a real smart guy. Um, that sounds like something. So we basically, all need to see. the plot is Jimmy O Yang is this young comedian. Uh, he gets I forget what is it. Ken Jong is supposed to be the MC. At this improv comedy club in Pittsburgh. Okay. They live in Ohio. They have okay. a small town in Ohio where Kathy Madigan runs the open mic. Okay. okay. And Ken Jong, I think Ken Jong's line is literally, I got to go up to Detroit for a show. Okay. So they need someone at this improv, and I've given them your name. Okay. And Jimmy O. Yang has never been on the road as a comedian. Mm-hmm. So he goes to do his first weekend opening for, I forget what the character's name is, but Cedric the Entertainer. Mm-hmm. Is the uh, Billy G is his name? Okay, Billy G. Right. And Billy G is sort of like a red fox. Like he had a sitcom uh, and it's over now, yeah. and he's kind of surly and he's not really nice to. And all of these things that you see in this movie is, it, I mean, that's the thing about Steve Byrne is you know it's going to be authentic, right? All that stuff about you know sharing a condo with another comedian and <laughs> you know stuff that I talk about in class, mm-hmm. getting as the MC, getting the headliner's name right. Oh, because you see Billy. Uh, Jimmy O. Yang fucked that up the first oh, night. Oh, no. And can't. the headliner rips him a new... Ra- uh, it's all stuff that happens. Yeah. The shitty morning radio show. <laughs> you know, yeah. all of that stuff. I mean, I've driven Steve Byrne to shitty morning radio shows, you know? So <laughs> yeah. I had that. All of that stuff is all true. So if you're a comic, yeah. you're going to enjoy this movie. Yeah. As a movie, it ain't great. <laughs> there's There's things where you go... Maybe they could have done a couple extra takes here. Maybe they could have, you know. So it's the novelty of it. I mean, look, when you use all stand-up comedians as your actors, mm-hmm. some of those guys have limited range, as funny as they are. Sure. Yeah, <laughs> it's a two, two totally different skill sets. You know, sets. like when you, you see people come on screen, and, and even if you don't know their stand-up, you're like, oh, that's a comic. Yeah. That's got to be a comic. Sure. That's got to be. I, I, <laughs> like Neil Brennan, I didn't recognize right away. And I'm like, okay, Neil Brennan. You know, I looked at it. I was like, oh, yeah, that's who that was. Yeah. And, you know. Yeah. So... You know, it's not, if you're into, com- I will say this, it's all true. Mm-hmm. Everything in this movie, if you're a young comic and what's it going to be like to, or at least, you know, pre-pandemic, right. this is what the road was like. And Authentic. Steve Burr knows that from working there right. and doing that stuff. And and to me, the movie felt very authentic. It's not a great movie, but I did enjoy it because it is about the business that I'm in. Why do you think he made this now? Why is now the time? You know, I don't know. I, I think that 
I think there's enough comedy nerds to sort of make this a thing. <laughs> right. Like, it's not going to be a big hit. It's not. I mean, look, no. it's it's on on demand or pay per view. You know, yeah. it didn't make theaters and mm. probably maybe would or wouldn't have ever done that. Um, you know, and certainly Cedric the Entertainer has a draw. He's oh, yeah. a, a household Jim, name. Jimmy O Yang's been in some stuff, and mm. I think people know him. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't think he's selling tickets either. Not really. So you know, it's kind of this thing that if you love comedy, I think you'll get something out of it. Mm-hmm. And there's certainly lots of lessons for comedians. That whole thing about, and I brought it up just organically about you know you're from Michigan, and you go to Ohio and do mm-hmm. a show. Well, this kid's from Ohio in the movie, and he goes to Pittsburgh. And, you know, every time he walks on stage and says, I'm from Ohio, and Ohio sucks, you uh, know, and that, that's the thing that he has to deal sports with. Sports fans. Ugh. And, you know, yeah. <laughs> there's, you know, the middle act is like this carousing guy who just wants to fuck women and get drunk. <laughs> and, boy, that he's, is a thing that is absolutely true. He's that guy. About some of these road dogs yeah, that dogs. have a girl in every town and all yeah. that stuff. And I've certainly... Groupies. I was never that, because my girlfriend just come, oh, that was you, right? <laughs> you know, my girlfriend's like, you used to do that. You used to go on the road and have, have sex with these girls. Kids and I'm in like, every state, man. And yeah. I'm like, I was, I was this opening act kid. Sure. I was the guy tagging along, <laughs> driving that guy around you when he the, was high. You weren't the guy driving trash. Traffic back I, to your hotel room. Well, look, I I hung out with girls after shows, but it was not a it was not fun. And certainly, when you see the movie, <laughs> yeah. Jimmy O Yang gets in some issues of his own. I was going to uh, say there, and it doesn't really. And he's got a girlfriend at home and stuff. So, well, it's too. You know, it, we're sort of. Does that exist anymore? The the, the hound dog rock star, the oh, hound yeah. dog comedian. I'm sure it does, but it feels like it's a different era now it's, with stuff like Led Zeppelin couldn't exist right you now. Know, you know, it's I've been around it enough to see it. Mm-hmm. You know, I've seen it like in this movie the way they do it, where it's a guy who's not famous, but he's charismatic, right? And he's got to really work those girls that are in the room with him. Sure. On that night. Right. You know, like, like that's what they say in comedy. Like, you're a rock star for like 30 minutes after the show in that bar that you did the show in. Sure. Right. <laughs> Maybe you go next door and there's people from the show and they know you and you have that little tiny bit of fame because you just did the show. Yeah. But you don't have it other places, you know, <laughs> right. at the same, you know, so you kind of got to, if you want trying to get laid after the show, you got to be. <laughs> You got to be on it. You know? Sure, of course. And the other thing that you'll see, though, is if there is a guy who's been on television or the movies, mm-hmm. that those guys I've seen will have people from Twitter, mm-hmm. maybe, that they're hitting up and, you know. Wasn't that kind of what Christiella was? Uh, isn't that kind of what got I him think in he was accused of that, and I yeah. think he chose some of the wrong people. Yeah. But, you know, I've certainly <laughs> seen where, let's say, a, a headliner that you might know, mm-hmm. and it, you're at the Comedy Castle, and some some woman who who looks like she's had a marriage or two or a kid or two <laughs> is strolling in with five <laughs> minutes left in the show saying, mm. I'm with so-and-so that's on stage. Okay. You know, that definitely happens. Okay. I've and, seen that. And you know? so they are and with I've them or they're, or they're not? They are that night. You know, okay. <laughs> they're just, yeah. they're ordering them in like it's sure. an Uber or something <laughs> or like it's DoorDash, you yeah, know? They're a, just going on there like, is, yeah. come out to my show, man. I'll get you in. And, oh, I see. Uh, Joel, I got this, uh, my friend showing up. Uh, you going to let her in? Yeah. Okay. You know, yeah. like that's a thing that happens. Oh, does it? But if you're not famous... You got to work. <laughs> yeah. You have your pick of who's in that club that night. <laughs> right. And, and you know, that was the thing for me on the road is like, 
some of these guys didn't care who was in the room that night. <laughs> Sometimes I'd look around the room and go, and I wouldn't put my dick in one of these girls if you paid me to. <laughs> so for me, I was a little more like, you know, even when I was single, I, I'd go out on the road and go like, I'm not interested in fucking these women. Well, I'd rather go back to the room and sleep or get uh, some food or something. Oh, like a man has to have standards. I always say you are who you sleep with. Well, That's and, true, you and know. And I'm, I will tell you that there are guys who have no standards whatsoever. Oh, I know some of them. Yeah, yeah I know. And, and um Maybe that's something that applies to daily life and not just show business. But I always feel like uh, if you're the guy who's just hooking up with whoever, yeah. I feel like like you are the lawn in front of the house and it's overgrown. You've got engine parts and <laughs> concrete blocks and stuff all in your lawn. And I just think that you know you want to represent yourself better. That has an effect on who you take to bed. Uh, you know, it's it's a thing. But I <laughs> look, I think that the dynamic of Women being attracted to famous people, mm -hmm. funny people, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. uh, it definitely is a thing that exists. Sure. You know, it's not, and not everybody gets laid. I always, people ask me like, well, if I get, will I get laid if I do comedy? And I always kind of go, no. There's probably easier ways to get laid. Because I, I think that if you're, if you're not, now look, when you're famous, mm -hmm. Whatever. Fame is its own thing. Oh, of course. Fame is its own way to get laid. Mm -hmm. <laughs> right. You know, and, and it doesn't have to be a famous comedian. You could be the, the weather guy on oh. TV. You'll get laid. Oh, you know, sure. whatever. That will help you get laid, being mm. famous. Of okay? course. You will, you know, as a stand-up, I feel like, well, did you get laid before you did stand-up? Right. Because if you're a guy who didn't get laid before you did stand-up, getting into stand-up <laughs> is not necessarily going to make you that much more desirable. you got to work on yourself in other ways. Yeah, there's some tools you kind of have to bring to yeah. that table all set. I mean, look, I think comedians sometimes, and <laughs> you know, you meet other comedians, and sometimes, oh, you know, sure. you're spending Sparks, time yeah. with people, mm -hmm. and that's certainly been, you know, I've done that. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. and, and, you know, and that's okay. Consenting that's just adults, like people, nothing wrong It's with like that. dating somebody you work with, nothing you know, at that, that point. Yeah. Uh, and I think so maybe that helps. Mm -hmm. But you're not going to be pulling girls out of the audience just because you wrote 10 minutes worth of good jokes, I don't sure. think. Sure, she's not throwing her hotel key up nah, on that. But, but <laughs> when, you see, when you see the guy that plays the middle act in this movie, mm -hmm. uh, you'll see that. So I, I'm recommending it as a sort of a document of comedy. Okay. As an actual movie, you know. Yeah. Yeah. It's not that anybody's bad in it, but nobody's real good. Nobody's real. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> you know, nobody's real good. What was that? But movie? you can rent that now. It's called uh, the opening act. What so. was the movie? What was the movie that you you've been in a couple, haven't you? Well, I, I did the five. The, the one that I did where I'm actually have a close up. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> you can see me without having to pause and right. Uh, and is called the five year engagement. That's right. And it was directed by Nick Stoller, and it's full of comedians. That's I mean, right. Kevin Hart before he was famous. Jason um, Emily Blunt, Siegel, Jason yeah. Siegel. Yeah. I, I didn't work with Jason Siegel. He wasn't on the set that day. Brian Posehn was on the set that day. Emily Blunt. She's Emily Blunt was loved, on the set that day. Her. And I made Mindy Kaling cry, if you see the movie. Yeah? Mindy Kaling cries uh, because of what I did. Because of humor or because you did something nice or something it's, bad? It's very stupid, but you'll okay. have to see. The five-year The five year engagement was a movie that kind of flopped, which was too bad because... I have heard of it. That director, it's on my shelf behind you, okay. uh, but Nick Stoller, who directed that, had directed uh, Forgetting Sarah Marshall. Oh, yeah. 
and get him to the Greek. Yep. And it was his follow up to get him to the Greek. Yeah. And it had all these. Uh, uh, I mean, other Allison Brie is in that a uh, romantic comedy shenanigans. Yeah. And, uh, and who's yeah. the Jurassic? Uh, who's the Star Lord guy? Oh, Chris Pratt. Chris Pratt's in that movie oh. I, again. He wasn't on Sell Me that day, but okay. Allison Brie and Chris Pratt are in that movie. Wow. And you know, Kevin Hart before he was famous. It's a great and, lineup. Uh, but is it uh, who's the Asian guy that's on Fresh Off the Boat? That guy. Oh yeah, I know who you're. And talking he's in about. like everything. Yeah, he, he was is. The, he was the dictator in that North <laughs> Korea movie. That yeah. Seth Rogen. You know, like he's in that. Like all these people in this movie, and nobody saw that movie. No, it's not a, that bad. It's that's pretty too good. bad. You know, I've heard good things about it. But you know, I thought I was like, you know. I thought I was like, this could be my break. Did they film this in Detroit? Filmed it in Ann Arbor. Ann Arbor, yeah. So that's where I shot my scene. And okay. It, was, it takes place in Ann Arbor, uh, basically. And how did you get that? Did you, know I, that? you know, I was an extra, mm-hmm. which I did a bunch. So, you know, that's how sure. I did Real Steel with Hugh Jackman. I got to yeah. meet Hugh Jackman on set and stuff. Yeah. But with five-year engagement, Nick Stoller picked me out of the extras. Oh, yeah? He said, do you want to do this thing? I said, what do I do? He said, you got to cry and eat donuts. I said, I can do that. <laughs> So apparently, just like I'm in this room with all these people, and he looked at me and went like, "That's a guy. You're the guy." So here I am, you know, <laughs> yeah. literally like Nick Stoller is kneeling and explaining the scene to me, and I'm like, I'm, my heart's just pounding because sure. you know I loved his movies, sure. and I'm like, "Yeah, hey, you're a fan." And there's all these, bi- you know, and I'm you know when you're sitting in extra, when you're an extra, you sit in like the holding area, yeah. Which is like where people would eat lunch and stuff. It's a know? long day, isn't it? And like it's a it, long day. Yeah. I was there. I think I was there 16 hours maybe that day. <laughs> but all of those celebrities are also sitting in that room. Sure. And you're not supposed to talk to them. Yeah. <laughs> so here I am, you know, 10 feet from Emily Blunt and oh, Mindy Kaling. God, I love Emily and Blunt. And it's like, yeah. I think The Office was still on at that point wow. that I did this movie. So here I am, like Mindy Kaling's right over there. And I'm like... <laughs> I'd love to talk to Mindy Kaling about the office, but you can't. Right. So you're talking to all the other extras, and you wait for right. your turn to go in and, right. and do that. Uh, so that's the movie that if you were going to like see me in, that okay. would be one that you could see. And it was on TNT like pretty regularly in rotation. Was it? I don't know where. No, I'll, I'll check it out on Voodoo. Yeah. That's one of the things I really like about, you know, you're talking about being surrounded by really talented people. I love about comedy is that most of the time your heroes are accessible. Most of the time you can go meet them. You can talk to them yeah. and strike up. Uh, yeah. I've struck up a couple of friendships, oh, sure, yeah. you know, and, and, and they're, and they're, they're really cool and open to that. I remember asking you in class one time if, if uh, comedians coming out after is required in their contract, yeah. you said no, no, uh, but most of them do, but most some of don't. them do. Yeah. And some of them don't, I think in the age of, well, I think for, they come out for two reasons. Mm. One of them is that, I mean, look, some of them do, will pick and choose what shows they come out for. Sure. Uh, some of them will just never come out because mm-hmm. they don't, just not what they do. Mm-hmm. Um, some of them are doing it for the social media. Mm-hmm. You know, sure. they'll have a line, you know, David Keckner from The Office, okay, Todd Packer. Yeah, yeah. I mean, 300 pictures Every show. Yeah. I was the guy taking the pictures. Were you? Yeah. And, and David was like, we got to get them in. We get them out. They got yeah. five seconds. And, yeah. You know, do it because they know those pictures are going to end up sure. on social media. I met David Koechner, which, which incentivizes people to go to the show. Because mm-hmm. then people start going to the show, not because David Koechner's funny, which he is very funny. But they want to meet David Koechner from The Office. Of course. So they'll go to the show and they buy their ticket and they want to meet that guy. That's right. how... All of like those Facebook stars and YouTube stars. Yeah. 
or, you know, the social media guys, Hashtag people want to go just meet them. Tag they it, just yeah. want to go meet them. They yeah. don't even, the show is irrelevant. Look, and I've seen lots of those guys, and some of those guys have good shows, and some of their shows suck. But the, everybody wants to meet them, so that's why they do it. And the other one is to sell merch. Oh, of course. You know, I've got T-shirts for sale. Mm-hmm. Well, if they go out and sell them, mm-hmm. they sell more shirts than mm-hmm. having... The guy that works at the club selling them. Sure. You know? Oh, yeah, because you get that interaction. Right. The only... Uh, this is a comedian that you and I talked about. The only comedian that... I don't. I wouldn't say I was afraid to meet. Yeah. I just. I don't know. Something. I just kept walking. It was. It, he didn't do anything wrong. But it was Orny Adams. Okay. And I love him. I just was like kind of intimidated. Or, man. Orny is a very odd duck. I yeah. will say that. Yeah. And I can tell you that. I can. I'm saying. My opinion on Orny is I really like Orny. Yeah. I, I think he's a fabulous comedian. He really. And is. as a dude, I like him. Yeah. My opinion of Orny five years ago was he's a fabulous comedian and I hate his fucking guts. Right. But I've changed. He's he's a, he's a he's he's different. Mm-hmm. He's very. But I think he has mellowed a little bit. Yeah. And I think it, it, a lot of people know Orny from uh, that Seinfeld documentary. Yeah. Comedian. Right. And he comes off as like just the villain of that movie. <laughs> right. Just the most egotistical kind of jerk. Right. So funny. Like his bits are really funny in that movie. Right. Uh, but he's mellowed out a little bit. Yeah, I like Orny a lot, actually. Yeah, it, yeah. It was not. But a, he is intimidating. He's definitely. And he I think the thing for me, knowing him over all these years, and when Orny does radio, I drive him around and okay. stuff. Is like, you know, when he's familiar with you, right? He's nicer. Sure. You know, when you're just this fucking guy, he doesn't know. He kind of doesn't give a shit about you. Sure. I mean, he had a couple other people already, and I'm like, ah, I'll catch right. him next. I don't know what it was, man. I'm, I'm like, a, I don't know. I'm gonna know. tell you about Orny. Yeah. It's something I never talked about on the show. I sure. Think. And I, I can't say that. I met a woman who dated Orny Adams. Okay. In a long-term <laughs> relationship. Okay. And I said to her when she told me that, I said, oh, you must have some stories. Oh, God. And she goes, I do. And I said, you don't have to tell me. She says, okay, I will. <laughs> she didn't tell you? I, you know, I feel like she probably wanted to. Well, look, he's uh, him being my friend, mm-hmm. I want to hear bad stories about the guy. Well, but it, and I, I think she... I mean, they weren't together anymore. Right. And it doesn't mean he did anything bad. It no, just means that he could be quirky and... I, I could... It would be very intense, I think, to date Orny Adams. He's you an know? intense guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's an intense guy. I really like how he handled... He- it's not like people were trying to uh, get him he's to... He's great. Oh, he's uh, great. You know, he just like... The uh, thing. Yeah. yeah. He's... Uh, I really enjoyed... You told me in class, you got to come see this yeah, guy. Yeah, we yeah. came in. It was so good. I love. He him. really is a guy that people should see, especially yeah, for comedians that want to be able to sort of like control... The crowd. How do you deal with this, that, and the other thing? Yo, and I don't great. say everybody should do it the way Orny does, mm-hmm. but the way Orny does, it works. Yeah, it does. You know, for him. That's for me. I always just get disgusted with the audience, like, just stop. But it's yeah. like, you know, if the guy's handling it well, the problem is when he's handling it well, then other people are like, let yeah. me jump in on this. I'm yeah. like, just stop, yeah. you know? So speaking of movies, you've been to the movies. You've have, been to a theater. I've been. Which is a, a, a thing that's only been around for a couple weeks in Michigan. <laughs> These new fandangled uh, movie houses. Yeah. yeah. What, what'd you do? What'd you see? How was it? What was yeah. the experience of going? Yeah. So we go to the Imagine, Imagine Theater in Rochester Hills. Okay. And we've really been itching to get back. So we went We went to see Tenant. Okay. Uh, I was really looking forward to Christopher Nolan's new movie. <laughs> I'm looking. I have not seen it. I'm looking forward to it. Should right. I still be looking forward yeah, to it? Okay, absolutely. cool. Yeah. yeah, no, it's a real mind bender. Mm-hmm. But I think, you know, with the people that were serving the popcorn were doing a great job. But you could sense their frustration. I yeah. mean, there's just a lot of levels of things they have to do now. Now, I mean, we always... 
I say this all the time, like, you should have always washed your hands. It's not stuff like that. It's <laughs> oh, like yeah. they got to yeah. change the gloves. Oh, yeah. And then when we went into the movie, gosh, I don't know if there was anybody else in there. When we came out, <laughs> there was nobody else. And, and then since then, we have seen uh, Nightmare on Elm Street. Okay. And this weekend, we're going to see Halloween and Ghostbusters. So okay. we're just trying to give them as much of our business as sure, we can. Yeah, we yeah. really like uh, uh, the gentleman who runs the Imagine Theaters. I think his name's Paul Glantz. Paul Glantz. I've met Paul Glantz. Okay, have you? Yeah. We love him. I think he's great. Nice guy. Yeah. He come, seems come a little Trumpy, I guess. A little Trump. Yeah, I think, I think so, but yeah. I like Paul Glantz. I've met him. He's I think a swell he's a, dude. a good man. Yeah. And, and there's this, uh, I got I to be honest, I had a really emotional moment. They came in to watch Tenant. And they run this short. Uh, Paul Glantz always has these little cute yeah, he commercials. Come, that's how people know him. Right, he's, he's the guy. Yeah. yeah, but he has this one now. It's sort of like this was my dream to build these theaters. Yeah. Welcome back. And I don't know, man. It's just between you know stuff that I went through in comedy and then this, and I, just, yeah. I get choked up. Cause it's like this is this guy's sure. life, and it's it's in the balance right now. So, are, are you aware that <sighs> pre-pandemic he was doing stand-up? That's what uh, somebody and, and, told me. Yeah, that Bill Hildebrandt was the guy that was kind of putting that together. He's talked about it on the show, Bill. Uh, yeah. But I think with pandemic, it's all you know, everything's off the table. He was now. doing it at the theater. Yeah, they were doing it at the theater because you know they have, like in Royal Oak, they yeah. have the one that's the leather couches. Yes, and the tray table so you can eat, and the waitress service and all that stuff. Right, and that's where they were doing the comedy show. So oh, you have really? a little like a lounge. I've seen a. I saw one movie in there, yeah. um, which I actually found the the table service um, distracting. I know I because the too. staff was walking around the whole time. I'm not a huge fan of yeah, that. Yeah, I saw the, I saw the Halloween uh, reboot. That was good, and that was a good movie. Yeah, yeah, but it was like not really the way to see a horror movie. You know, like, and, yeah, you know, I think you pay and... extra money to go to that theater. But that's what they were doing stand up, at least as a China trial balloon but i think he wanted to expand it and then this thing happened and i, I had heard that i remember you saying that yeah. then, then i remember hearing that he was trying to even when theaters were closed he wanted to do sort of like a, a black lives matter type of film festival oh, yeah, yeah. and they he couldn't do that yeah. and i think that you know it's just a guy i think whether he's trumpster or not it seems like he was trying to help the community well, and get yeah. people talking and and, it's frustrating and, yeah. and you know there's that balance of you know freedom and, and look i Anyone listen to the show will I will tell you that in the beginning I was like I don't think the governor can shut down private businesses I right. don't think they have the power right. now it's interesting that <laughs> of course the, it went through the courts turns out the governor doesn't have that power exactly exactly and then the state legislature decided <sighs> well we'll pass all of those same laws that she had in for that she had come up with right so basically those laws were revoked and then put back into place by legislature which is how it should work anyway yeah. Because the governor or the president is not really able to create their own laws. Yeah. That's not in the state constitution or the national constitution. Yeah, they took they took but, her cash yeah. away. I mean, it's... Uh, but, you know... Yeah. Yeah, but I mean, look, if... I hope the movie theaters do well. When when did you go? Like, when you went to Tenet, was it mm-hmm. weekday or yeah, it was, um, I think it was in like the evening? Friday, at Friday late afternoon. Okay, yeah. But, but I've noticed that the AMC theaters, at least the one by out by me, which is the Forum 30... They're not. They're only open for a couple evening shows. Okay, they're not yeah. even open during the they're day. They're not running like a full. No, yeah. not yeah. at all. But you know, I. I the, here's the thing. The problem right now with the movie industry, the theaters are hurting. But the bigger problem is there's no movies. Yeah, that's true too. There's yeah, nothing. Everything they're dumping got everything on exactly. these streaming services. And, and, and I tell you, the thing that I'm really worried about as a purist and a cinephile is this deal that. 
apparently MGM is shopping the new James yeah. Bond movie to streaming services. If that happens, man, I think it'll be a I, watershed. I think it's going. I, I do, mean, I do too. I, I mean, I do too. Th- there was an article about all these companies and MGM rejected everybody's offer. Somebody, you know, without saying the name of the movie, said, "Christmas Day, you're going to get a big one." Really? And I'm not sure if it was Netflix they were talking about or what it was. Oh, one of the services saying, is going to get one, one of the services is going to get a big theatrical movie or or it could be it could be a, a Marvel thing too. I think that's the other one. I think uh, that they, you know, Black Widow never oh, that's came right. out. And Wonder so, Woman for DC. Yeah, so I think one of those and when you look at, you know, Disney has a streaming service. Mm-hmm. Warner Brothers has a streaming service. HBO Max is, right. you know, owned by yeah. AT&T, Warner Brothers and all. They're all the same thing. So I think that could be it if it's not uh, whatever the Bond movie's called. Um, uh, no Time to Die. Yeah, so whatever that, if, if they don't do it, I think it'll be one of those. Or maybe it just ends up being all of them. And yeah. then, yeah, I don't know. I was thinking back to how the previous Avengers movie made like $2 billion. Do you think we'll ever see that again, like in a theater setting? <sighs> Not anytime it's, soon. No, it seems hard but, to imagine. But you can't make a movie that costs, you know... $500 million to make anymore either because how do you recoup that? Not at the moment. And so we're going to see those things pulled back, and I think we're going to see these big movies get delayed, or at least we should. And I know Lucasfilm is talking about you know doing more stuff like The Mandalorian, which yeah. I'm actually not a huge fan oh, of. Oh, really? Okay. I mean, well, the new ones come out this week. Yeah, I know. Yeah. I'll give it a chance. Yeah. I, don't, I don't dislike it. I just don't love it. Right. Um, and I think small scale can really work with Star Wars. Yeah. But it's still a theatrical yeah, franchise, I, I guess you know. If you're gonna make a feature, yeah, a Star Wars feature, you make it uh, for the theater, and yeah, yeah certainly yeah. the Mar. I mean, the thing about Marvel is that those things were so successful oh. that without theatrical, I think it just kind of kills. That you, know, I think it'll be interesting to see if they don't just kill that universe temporarily, mm-hmm. and then when they come back, it's a reboot, resurrect, meaning. New Tony Stark, you know, new new actors. Yeah, I think that might be how that thing ends up playing that, out. It would be drastic, but understandable. I, too. I think you know, I, I think that might be the route that that has to. That take. would be huge. You know, where they just huge. go, we got to pause this thing, just like they do in the actual comic books. They just, oh, we're just starting. Well, over they're now. gonna, and then they're gonna. And, you know, how many times have they... Batman. <laughs> right, I mean... <laughs> what generation of Batman are you on at this point? Right, because if you did it in real time, Spider-Man would be like 80 years sure, old. You have yeah. to keep rebooting You got to reboot the stuff, and, right. and I think that might be the way that that stuff ends up going. It's going to be different, that's for sure. You know. I don't know. I, I, I hate the idea that we could wake up from this and there just won't be movie theaters. My same concern with yeah. comedy clubs. Yeah, it's like, well. you know, I'm sitting there thinking like, doing the math i'm like how are these places doing this and god bless them they're doing their best we've got uh mr ridley's comedy cast we've got you know um one night stands yeah. and punchline and all these other great places just want them to stay just hold well, on you look, know i was in the movie theater business before i was in the comedy business and right. i was in that i did that for six years and that's a tough business what what's your take what, what do you think the prospects are that we're going to do you think they'll go away theater? i think they need you know Movie theaters need the movies. Right. And so as the movies go, I think the theaters will go. Mm -hmm. I still think that theaters, but, you know, the problem with them is they're these giant buildings. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) (laughs) You know, they're gigantic buildings that cost a lot of money to run. They serve one purpose. And, you know, you've got 30 screens at some of these. And you don't have movies. You don't have 30 movies to put on the... And granted, you know, when you had the 30 screen movie... And Avengers came out. Well, that was on 20 screens. Mm-hmm. So, you know, in a way, you don't need that. But again, if you stop making blockbusters, mm-hmm. 
what do you have, you know? And maybe you just go down to the places that have two screens or three screens. Mm-hmm. There's not that there's that many of those. Not really. Maybe those can hang on yeah. just because they're smaller. But you're right. The big Cineplex is in yeah, trouble. Yeah, those man. are, I think, the ones that are in trouble more than, you know, AMC. Make, I know, the, was it Regal's out of business? Yeah. and I Which think isn't AM- a Michigan thing anyway. AMC AMC's thinks by a they'll, thread, be, right? they'll hang in by a thread. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I, I did that AMC thing where you... You pay twenty bucks a month or something. Oh yeah, last like around, like last fall and winter, like leading into the Oscars. Then you just start. I hitting went it all the time. To, I went because we were going once or twice a week. Sure. And I did that for a while, and then when Oscar season was over, I surrendered that which membership. A, which but, AMC is yours? Where would you go? Well, I would either go to the Forum, which is a little bit of a hike from here. The Forum Thirty. Forum Thirty. Yeah, that's the one I go to. Yep. And M fifty nine. Or I would go to the star, uh, the John R. Oh, that's a good one. Which, you know... Eh, no, okay. They're rough for crowds there. Okay, okay. But, you know, when I was seeing these Oscar bait movies... Right, yeah, they're not... The, the, uh, the audience wasn't, <laughs> you know, rough for those. No shenanigans going on. There's probably very few people there for some of them. I'm trying to remember what I would see at those. But I went to a little bit of both. You know, mm-hmm. I would go to this one or that one. Do you hit any drive-ins during all this? Or no, no, I haven't done a drive-in. I used to go to the... I, in the summer, I used to go to the drive-in. Right. Like, at least once. It's fun. To just go for fun. We saw Empire Strikes Back. That was pretty cool. Okay, to see that yeah. in July, you know. Yeah. Hadn't seen it in a theater since, like, 1980. Yeah, so. I, I, I've enjoyed the drive-in in the past. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know why. I guess it's probably just the lack of movies that said, yeah. oh, I go to see something that is already out at home, and I can watch it at home. Yeah, I think you know. it's just the novelty of it to get out of the house a little bit. Right. Saw Scream, Empire Strikes Back. Oh wow! Oh, they did. A, we had a double feature out in Canterbury Village. They did uh, um, Twenty One Jump Street, Twenty Two Jump Street. <laughs> okay, that was very funny. Yeah, I've forgotten how funny those movies. Were. I, I don't think I ever saw the second one, but I liked the first oh, one a lot. Funny, so. good. It's a funny uh, comedy tandem. Well, here's a movie that would have probably been in theaters. It was instead snatched. Instead, snatched up by. Apple TV Plus. Mm. Never, you don't have enough streaming services. Yeah, exactly. But there is good stuff on Apple TV Plus. I talked about Ted Lasso last time, okay. which is an awesome show. Yeah, I haven't. Jason Sudeikis. Oh, I, yeah, I haven't. Uh, I haven't. Might be the best show of the year. Best comedy. Really? Show. I haven't oh, yeah. gone to Apple TV yet. Yeah, it's real good. If you, if you, I mean, that is real good. Uh, the Springsteen movie that just came out. Yeah. Uh, the document of his new album, Letter to You. Is that an exclusive was to Was real Apple? good. Yeah, it's okay. exclusive to them. Okay. And this one is, too. It's called On the Rocks. Okay. Directed by Sofia Coppola. Oh, I love her. Well. No. <laughs> stars Bill Murray. Okay. You love Bill Murray. Yeah, of course. How about Rashida Jones playing yeah. his daughter? I like her. And Marlon Wayans as her husband. Yeah, okay. mm, this not, movie, movie. Marlon's not my favorite Wayans. This movie didn't work. Really? Yeah. So basically the story is uh, Rashida Jones is married to Marlon Wayans. She believes he's having an affair. Okay. And, uh, first of all, very well-heeled one-percenters living in Manhattan. <laughs> right. That's part of the problem with this movie sure. is who, how can you relate possibly to these people? Yeah. In fact, I've seen articles, I forget who ran these articles, but about, you know, someone went through and described, like, how much all of the furnishings in Rashida Jones' office actually cost. And we used what, to never do this. Now this is a thing go, we well, do. Yeah. People need to write about something. I know, right? Well, I, and so this movie is sort of ridiculous. So anyway, Bill Murray is her father, okay. who is an art dealer, All right. who has a chauffeured black car that they ride around in, mm-hmm. and then he ends up in this little red sports car convertible. And basically, the, the her dad is going to help her figure out 
if her husband is cheating on her. Okay. So you have this sort of, you know, father-daughter relationship. Right. And, and you know, the premise is funny, I think, because mm-hmm. Bill Murray is playing Bill Murray. Right. You know, he's a card, as he yeah. is in all of these. And it's not that Bill Murray's bad, but you just don't care about these people. Yeah. You just can't relate, and you just go, you know what? I don't care. It wasn't funny enough yeah. with all of these comedic actors, and... You know, watching them go to 21 and have martinis. and That's how I felt about yeah. the Adam Driver, Scarlett Johansson. Oh, absolutely. It, it feels like that. We felt, Okay. It was, a, it was a called Marriage. Marriage Story, yeah. yes. It feels like uh. it, it's very... And, and listen, I've been a fan my whole life, but it feels like a Woody Allen wannabe. Yeah. I know you're not supposed to like Woody Allen now, yeah, but right. he's one of the greats, I he think, is. ever. He is. Uh, his new stuff, maybe not so much, but, you know, he had made great movies. Mm. This feels like... A Woody Allen wannabe, you know. Just makes me roll my eyes. Yeah, I like, can't you can, do it. I know people are going to go, I love Bill Murray. He's so funny. It's like, go watch Rushmore again. Exactly. <laughs> go watch I Stripes could give you again. 10 movies. Yeah, th- this, one is not, yeah. this one is not, you can skip this pretty easily. Sounds like I'm, I plan on skipping it. <laughs> I was excited. I think I watched it the day it came out. It was a pretty good cast overall. I told and, my girlfriend, I said, you want to watch the, because I, I will, if I know I'm going to see the movie, I won't watch the trailer. Oh, really? And then my girl, well, if, I, if I'm if i like about to see this. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like if a trailer comes out and I don't know anything about it, I'll watch it. But when I know, hey, I'm about to see this. Yeah, I'm why bother? Watch. But my girlfriend goes, can I watch the trailer? I said, okay, watch the trailer. Handed her my phone. Okay, I'll watch that. Oh, really? Oh, she hated it. Oh, seriously? <laughs> she loved the trailer and hated it. The thing is, And I went like, yeah, I think all the funny stuff's probably in the trailer. Sofia Coppola's made some great movies, but unfortunately, people still rag her for her performance in Godfather yeah, 3. Yeah, yeah, which, yeah. Which really, and I, I don't like to, you know, criticize too hard people doing things that I can't do, but that is really not a great performance. No, but, it's not. But she's a talented director. Oh, she is. I, I love The Virgin Suicides. Yeah. I think that might have been her first feature. And yes. I thought that was terrific. That was a really good movie. Uh, she's made some other good ones, but this one... Didn't work. Did she direct Lost in Translation? She did. That's what I thought. Yeah. And then uh, I think Marie Antoinette. Yeah. So she's had some big sort of Oscar-worthy yeah. things. This one, nah. Yeah, she had a small no one. One's... Yeah, she had a small movie with Stephen Dorff, and I think, uh, not Dakota Fanning, but uh, the sister, Elf. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. So Yeah, you can skip on the rocks. It's okay. not good. <laughs> uh, I, also, I talked about Letter to You, Springsteen's movie, yeah. which I loved. Now, is that a documentary of a certain portion of his career, well, or is it the whole... It's a documentary about his new record. His new record, okay. Yeah, and he got the E Street Band together. Mm-hmm. They did this about a year ago. Okay. This is pre-pandemic. He got the band back together. They met at his home studio in New Jersey mm-hmm. on, his, on his farm, and uh, they recorded this record in like four days. Wow. And it's all the behind the scenes. I and love... You see him tracking it, and yeah. you know, like Bruce pulls out an acoustic guitar and he starts playing the song and you see all the guys in E Street with their notepads trying to write down the chord changes. I love stuff like that. It's really inside. I will watch that, yeah. Um, And then in between those performances of the songs, you hear Bruce talking about the inspiration for the songs and a lot of it is based upon uh, his old band, the Castiles, from the 60s when he was Mm -hmm. a teenager Mm -hmm. and how he is the last remaining uh, living member of that band. All of those guys have passed away and so it made him nostalgic. He does some songs um, that he uh, wrote in the 70s that wow. never made it onto a record. That's and crazy. he sort of brings those back and does a new take on those. So it's really interesting. If you saw his Western Stars movie, mm-hmm. which I thought was pretty good. Yeah, I did. Um, that's one, it's, it's a lot like that in that way. I always like watching 
no matter no matter what the profession or industry, I always like seeing the creative process. I was just we were just in uh, Nashville. Okay. I, I'm not a country music yeah. fan, but we went to the Opry. Man, okay. it was just I mean, yeah. I'd just love to great. do that. Yeah, it's a great yeah. tour. Okay. And God, I walked out of there just so inspired. And these people are okay. great, and the relationships, and you get to stand in the circle, you know. Yeah, the, okay. The thing, yeah, and that yeah. was pretty cool. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I, I always always respect and always sit down and watch something about creativity. Yeah, always. it's it's really good. I mean, I like the record. If you're not a Bruce fan, I don't think that this is the I, you know. If you've never heard a Bruce record. <laughs> Go listen to Born to Run, okay? Oh, of course, yeah. that, right. Darkness on the Edge of Town. Or, right. uh, Ghost you know, of Tom Jones. Yeah, that, yeah. any of those. <laughs> uh, but it's still a good record for a 70-year-old you know, guy with 70-year-old guys backing him up. Is, is he 70 now? Bruce is 71, I think, now. Right? I, and I think the E Street guys, are prob- some of them are probably a little older. Some of them are younger. I mean, their sax player is now a, but our, but a guy our, in his 30s, uh, right. Jay Clemens, because Clarence died. He died, but, right. You know, um, it's his nephew. But Is yeah, it? it's it's a great it's a great document of making a right. It's black and white. Oh, I like you that. know, and that it's, adds it's cool. points for me. Yeah, it's cool. It's uh, how do our heroes? How are they getting older? Didn't isn't Charlie Watts eighty now? Charlie I mean, Watts, I think, is eighty. I believe Sammy. Like, I gotta look it up. Sammy Hagar might be eighty. Come on, and you see, and I I watched Sammy Hagar play. You know, his tribute to Eddie Van Halen a couple oh, weeks. Very ago. cool. And I don't see how old Sammy Hagar uh, that is. That seems really, really high. Because he was older. He was older than the Van Halen guy. He was. He was. Yeah. Because yeah, he had been around. Sammy is. Oh, Sammy's only seventy three. Okay, I thought Sammy was older now, but he's still that's still older way older because Eddie was. was sixty. What was Eddie when he died? Sixty five, maybe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he was he was older than all. How is this happening? I wonder I how old Gary Sharon is. It Gary Sharon? <laughs> he wasn't that bad though. It, it, I, you know, he's I, an easy punchline, but he wasn't I that think, bad. Listen, that is one of the Van Halen records that I never cared about, but apparently from people that know Van Halen, and I've done plenty of deep dives on them. Over the years, <laughs> Eddie was the problem on Van Halen 3, from what you listen to people. Really? He's not. He's substance problems. Yeah. I think that was more a lack of uh, songwriting spark, because I don't think he didn't have, you know, either Sammy or Dave helping him with those songs. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And Sammy's, uh, Sammy's thing was, you know, a lot of the Sammy stuff, the Sammy era Van Halen was Sammy. Oh, yeah. Some of it. Right. Some of it was Sammy came up with this tune. Yeah. And brought it to the band. Yeah. I don't think Gary Sharon did any of that. Yeah, that seems like and a lot of heavy lifting. I don't think Dave lifting. really did much of it either. I think most of the, you know, the Dave stuff started with Eddie's Eddie. riffs and then Dave wrote the words. But I think with Sammy, Sammy and and Ed were more 50-50. Uh and then with Gary Sharon, I'm guessing you're not getting much and if you are, you're getting the guy who did extreme, extreme. <laughs> you know which it's is, always a, yeah it's which always, is a, which is a step down from either always a huge guys, yeah. there's always a weird dynamic when a band replaces a uh, lead singer yeah. it sometimes it can work like an yeah. Al- alice in chains the other lead singer yeah, died. that guy's good i've seen William the Duvall, new yeah. yeah like him a lot acdc is the famous one right? yeah. yeah oh yep exactly i think it can work in other cases like kurt cobain dies you're not that's nah, nirvana that's over that's him. you know yeah. so yeah, I, I, replacing singers is always it always just looks bad. It, I, it does. I, I guess Journey made it work, but I don't. I mean, you know, one of the the cases the where it really worked, 
going way back, Joy Division, Ian oh, Curtis sure. yeah, dies, yeah, they yeah. turn in a new order, yeah, yeah. Brennan well, Summer the, becomes the... Foo Fighters. Foo Fighters, another exactly. one, exactly. That's, you can do that. And that, and I know you know this, but I don't know if everyone else does, the first Foo Fighters record is actually a Dave Grohl solo record. Sure, yeah. Played everything, produced it. You um, know that he actually cut those demos at a Nirvana session. Yes. Some yeah. of them. Some of them, and then it, the rest with, he... With, uh, with Pat... And I want to say even uh, 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 Novoselic. Novoselic might have been on those. I don't know, but it was like it was like Kurt's not here yet. I'm going to do a couple of mine. I think yeah. that's what Dave Grohl did. I think that's where the song Marigold came from, yeah. and then some of the other stuff. But I, I was uh, I started listening to Foo Fighters the first record. Yeah, uh, went on saw the first tour just out of pure curiosity because I always thought Grohl seemed like yeah. a cool guy, and then this was a call came out. I, th- I like yeah. this man, and then boom. Right. right. Everything since then has been really mainstream, which is fine. But that first record, I think, yeah, is really Foo great. I saw Foo Fighters in 2000. Right. We were talking before the show about Oasis. It was they, they played. It was a state theater. No, no, no. This is no, no. 2000, I went to the Reading Festival. In oh, England. okay. My bad. Yeah. So when I saw Oasis, they were the headliners on this first night of Reading. Oh, wow. And the two acts that went right before them were. Uh, Primal Scream went right before oh, I like Oasis, and before Primal Scream was Foo Fighters. Okay, how'd they do? It was awesome. Yeah, was I great. mean, it was Foo Fighters like at sundown. Yeah, so they're on at like you know five thirty six. Oh yeah, and it was. I mean, this is in two thousand. It's twenty years ago. It was all hits. Oh yeah, like you did not even need to own a Foo Fighters record. No, they were all stuff that was on the radio. It's all good. That was their whole set, and I think. Did I watch the? I don't think I watched the whole set on YouTube, but I think there's 20, 30 minutes of it. I watched a couple weeks ago. Yeah, I oh, typed it's great. it because I was like, "Reading 2000." Does any of that footage exist? Oh, it's and great. I found one Oasis track because I, you know, I was there, so I'm like, "Oh, where was I?" I was standing over there. Well, unbelievable show. Yeah. And when they come to town, I always sort of flirt with the idea of going, but then never go because it's expensive. <laughs> it is, and it's hard to get good tickets. It is. Really so that is. was a, that's my Foo Fighters thing, but I'm a fan. Yeah, at least as far as you know, I got some of the records. They're just like the, the fun mainstream rock band. You mentioned 1994. I don't if you remember uh, Woodstock '94. Yeah, Woodstock '94. I was there. I broke. Did my, you go? Yeah. I broke my arm in a mosh oh, pit wow. and I stayed. But the first night, check out this lineup. Yeah. So the the night it went these three bands in a row. Yeah. It went Nine Inch Nails, Metallica, Aerosmith. Aerosmith finished oh. at four in the morning. Oh. It was awesome, though. Ugh. It was great. My arm was sore, but it was great. <laughs> what man. band did you break your arm during? You remember Live? Yeah. You know, I like them a uh, lot, but uh, that's not a. You got to change that band. I know. I tell when people you tell it's that like story. Metallica, but Green Day. Yeah, they broke out at that one. They did with that the was Mutza. their breakout set. And I like Live, but you're right. It's sort yeah, of like, yeah, and plus, I hate that name. Would you see Live? What live, live? I think they're a band that I. It's fine. If I hear it come on the radio, I may let it go. But I remember not liking them mm. in their contemporary. When they were hot, I was not a fan. That record. But Thro- whatever. Throwing I mean, Copper was a huge. It's still a pretty good record, but it's very much of its time. I think that Lightning Crashes song I, I, is, is my enemy. That, that, <laughs> what, that did the same thing that Pearl Jam's Jeremy. They're great songs, but you just can't appreciate well, them because they just grind you down. I think when Live came out, everything was fast. Yeah. And then they had this, like, their slow song became their hit. Yeah. And I think I kind of went, fuck this. Yeah. It pushed you know? me away a little, too. I you just, know. It's a and good, that's the one that yeah. they still play. You don't hear other live stuff on the radio anymore. Really. Once in a while, you might hear uh, Selling even, the Drama or something. Yeah, but I don't yeah. know. You just don't. Yeah. And it's kind of like that became their. 
I think to some people they're one hit wonders, but I remember when they came out. Yeah, no, they had a lot yeah. of songs, but that kind of became their albatross. It's like yeah. you kind of roll your eyes when that song comes on. Opening yeah. chords, I'm like, shit, this is six minutes. Yeah, if you go to see them in concert, it's like it's gonna be seven or eight minutes. Yeah, Ugh. Yeah. yeah, it's it's tough, but. Uh, yeah. All right, we got it. We got. I got TV stuff. Are you watch you any yeah. other movies? Yeah. Any new movies? Uh, or anything nothing really comes to mind. No, yeah. no. I got a million shows. Let's try to get through this. Here's yeah. my highest recommendation. Sure. Well, I heard about this show, and that my my the guy who made the funniest show in the history of television, according to me, one of them. <laughs> because it's hard to say, but you know, contemporary show has a new show. Okay, but he's not on camera. So I was like, how could this go? Yeah. That guy is named Nathan Fielder. Okay. Nathan for You is his show. If you've never seen it, it's unbelievable. Okay. I think it might be on Hulu now. It's on Comedy Central, and it's been off the air for a few years. Okay. But I heard Nathan got a deal with HBO to make a new show. Mm -hmm. And that show is called How To with John Wilson. So this is a guy, John Wilson. And the first time, they've only aired one episode of this. Mm -hmm. So here's the premise. (laughs) He has a video camera. Mm-hmm. And he walks around in New York City just taping stuff he sees on the street. Mm-hmm. And he narrates this. Mm-hmm. And the premise of this first episode of How To With John Wilson is small talk. Okay. And he videotapes all these people on the street in New York making small talk. Mm-hmm. The doorman talking to somebody. The delivery guy. Yeah. And some of this footage is very funny. You know, it's entertaining watching these people in New York. Right. You know, delivery guys giving people the finger and also <laughs> so it's just kind of this thing and he's talking over it. And John has a very unique way of speaking. Mm-hmm. You may think he's a little slow mm-hmm. even from the way that he speaks. <laughs> yeah. So he's got kind of a unique, funny, uh, maybe even autistic sort of sure. Asperger's delivery. Sure. Which is funny. Mm-hmm. And he's making all these points about small talk. And small talk is the thing that stops us from revealing all of our secrets to strangers. You see a stranger, you make small talk. You talk about the weather. You don't talk about, my wife left me and I hate my boss. You make small talk. (laughs) So he's doing this whole premise on small talk, and it just starts to get deep after a while. Mm -hmm. And it's just all this random footage from New York. I don't want to give away what happens in it. I was just going to say, it sounds like a gateway to something deeper. When he meets a certain person, he will then follow this person around Mm -hmm. and so that happens a couple times in this half hour show where he he finds a person like he he goes to uh uh he's at the parking lot of wrestlemania (laughs) asking people these sort of small talk questions Mm -hmm. you know Mm -hmm. and uh this guy who's a wrestling fan who's you know all decked out for wrestlemania (laughs) with like a fake belt and all yeah you know and he goes well my real job is that i expose child predators Oh, one of those guys. He goes, that's your, and this guy is like, I mean, this guy looks like a thug, you know? Right. Like, what sure. the fuck is he doing? Right. So, so, so John Wilson goes to his house, you know, the next week and, and tries to go on this. They're going to do a sting to catch to the child, catch predator. child predators. So yeah. this wrestling fan has like two phones and he's posing as a 15 year old girl. I've and heard of people like this. It's yeah. hilarious. That's it's actually so really interesting. Great. Yeah. And then, you know, he ends up meeting, he meets this other guy who is, you know, probably 
mentally ill in some way and and, yeah. and it gets and they start having this like deep conversation it's it's a beautiful show and it's hilarious it is weird mm-hmm. if you saw nathan for you that's a weird show okay this show's every bit as weird but in its own i'm sold way i'm sold uh it's on hbo hbo or hbo max yeah, yeah. they've only aired one i think it airs friday nights it's a half hour what's it called again how to with How John to. Wilson? Okay, really one of the best things I've seen in a long, long time. It's a big really great. Yeah, no, I mean, I think Nathan Fielder is a genius, and if you haven't seen Nathan for you, boy, everybody that I've ever shown that to, I want to say I've seen Nathan for you complete. I think there was only three seasons of that. Mm-hmm. I want to say I've watched all three complete seasons with three different girlfriends. That's how much. <laughs> wow. And they've all enjoyed it. Well, that's, They've all enjoyed that, the show. That says something about the show and about you. And no, they didn't all enjoy me, <laughs> but they all enjoyed Nathan for you. They're all grateful for Nathan and for you. And I think my current girlfriend, Layla, mm-hmm. who's been with me forever, now, mm-hmm. liked... She... she begrudgingly ended up liking How To with John Wilson. Okay. Layla's not as open-minded as me about shows. But I think we can definitively say that Layla likes you. So She does like happy me. with that. Yes. <laughs> uh, but she was sold on this, I yeah. think, after... After when it when it was over, she was like, "Oh yeah, that was pretty good." Yeah, because it it seems like the dumbest show you've ever seen, and yet sometimes it's... you have to watch it all the way through before it kind yeah. of settles. And you know, it's not, it's not a con- you know, it's not an Adam Sandler movie. You right. know, it's 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 <laughs> there's subtlety uh, to the humanity <laughs> right. that's on display in this in a good way. I think that sounds know? really interesting. Uh, yeah, it's really cool. Uh, and speak staying on HBO. Uh, the Undoing came out this week. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's Nicole Kidman and Hugh Grant. I've heard of this. Yeah. And uh, it's based on a novel that I didn't read. Um, <laughs> but there is sort of a new genre in prestige television. Mm-hmm. And this genre is the, the, uh, the dark side of the well-to-do. Oh, okay. And so we're talking about a little bit uh, the, the, on the rocks would fall into that on some level. So it's that one percent or superficial but level. Well, problems. Big, big Little Lies on HBO. Yeah, right. With Nicole Kidman, Reese Witherspoon, and all these people. Did you watch both there. seasons? Yeah. Yeah, I did too. Yeah, and yeah. I, I thought the first season was fantastic. Second season, eh. Yeah, but, big drop off. You know, but yeah, first season uh, was great. Uh, 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 little Fires Everywhere that was on. Yeah. Uh, Hulu yeah. over the summer and was the that spring. the Reese Witherspoon? There's Reese and, uh, Witherspoon, Kerry Washington, Kerry Washington yeah. very well-to-do people in suburban Cleveland, mm, privileged but white under woman the surface, and, yeah, some... there were. And this really falls right into that. I don't want to give away too mm. much, but basically, Nicole Kidman is a therapist. Her husband Hugh Grant is a doctor. They have a fourth-grade uh, age son mm-hmm. who goes to one of these really uppity private schools in <laughs> Manhattan. And uh, the, one of the other students is a kid from a poor uh, family mm-hmm. in Harlem. Mm-hmm. And his mother, and what it is, these private schools integrate. You know, they bring people in on scholarship from communities that can't afford the tuition. Right. And so there's this conflict between this under the, this mother mm-hmm. who is very young and attractive mm-hmm. mm. and naked for a good portion of the show. <laughs> um, <and laughs> so she's young and attractive and she's trying to fit in with these society women, Nicole Kidman and her friends. Mm-hmm. And some things happen that I won't get into it's intriguing. because it would ruin the show. Is and the- I've only heard one episode. Yeah. Um, but again, you have, it's that conflict. If you saw, um, uh, uh, Big Little Lies, yeah. the, the Zoe Kravitz character mm-hmm. was the outsider. She wasn't in with 
Reese Witherspoon and Nicole Kidman and Laura Dern. She's my favorite, but, but yeah. But, you know, that's sort of the story of that show is she sort of starts to become one of them or they accept her for who she is. Right. Um, and uh, so that's sort of that same dynamic. Is there is there a racial dynamic there, too? Is the mother, the other mother, African-American? Uh, or? She is... Hispanic, okay. I think. So there's it's something an Italian there actress. I looked up the actress. I'd never seen this actress. Mm-hmm. And she's Italian. Uh, and I believe her husband, uh, whose character on the show, you don't see much of him, is Hispanic. They live in Harlem. Okay. So I'm guessing they're supposed to be Puerto Rican, maybe, in that this could show. Be, yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, it's all uppity white people. I like that. Oh. Donald Sutherland as Nicole Kidman's father. Oh, that that works. That's yeah, a, yeah, that's yeah, easy. Yeah. That's that plays, easy. Right? Yeah. Slide that right in. And they've only aired one episode, and it was cool. I watched it last night. So, what's it called again? Uh, it's called The Undoing. I saw this somewhere. Yeah, yeah but it just came out. You can jump right on that. Yeah, one. Yeah, absolutely. And, and get into that. Uh, did you watch Lovecraft Country on HBO? Did you? N- haven't got to that yet. And that was a cool show. I, I talked about it when it first came on, and uh, they they wrapped up their season. It got a little away from me. Somebody was just telling me about it. It got I think a little bit ridiculous. Brandon Ponky told me about this show. Yeah. He's a big fan. Yeah, what, it, so Lovecraft, and this is horror, or is this... Well, I think Lovecraft Country is either a graphic novel, a comic book, or maybe it's just a straight book. But, mm-hmm. you know, H.P. Lovecraft wrote all these books about monsters and witchcraft. Right. And what Lovecraft Country is that the Lovecraftian things happen in real life. Mm. In segregated 1950s America. Okay, so there's that. And this follows an African-American family from Chicago mm-hmm. who are science fiction fans Okay, and end up uh, going out to white areas. What's really sort of the premise is if you saw the movie Green Book. Yeah. The movie Green Book. Yeah. So the, 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 that guide for Negro travelers. Right. In, in Lovecraft Country, the guy who wrote that book, mm-hmm. fictionally... Uh, the guy who wrote that book, he is the, the head of this family. Oh, okay. And so part of it Interesting is connection. he has to travel the country to figure out where are the best places for black people to eat and stay in hotels. And while he's in some of these white uh, parts of the country, mm-hmm. he figures out that, hey, the... Where the white people live, the monsters live. <laughs> oh, I see that. There's a metaphor. Yeah, that's a total metaphor. Not really hidden very well, Absolutely, but Absolutely, and it's all uh, in there. And, yeah. and believe me, the first couple episodes of this were tremendous. Sure. And then it starts getting kind of ridiculous into sorcery and mm-hmm. witchcraft and spells. And I always say as soon as, except for Emperor Palpatine, as soon as somebody shoots stuff out of their hands, oh. I'm out. I hate that. Uh, I just can't stand People it. People shoot things out on this show, but it is, I think, overall, I mean, first of all, it's ma- like it's an amazing show. Mm-hmm. High budget, great effects, mm-hmm. actors are great in this. Mm-hmm. Not a lot of people I, I really recognize. I think it's Courtney B. Vance oh, yeah, is no, the him. uncle who wrote that book. Yeah. Um, and then his nephew is kind of the star and his love interest, who I didn't recognize them, but they were great. Yeah. Uh, and then there's sort of the, 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 the white people who... Have secrets and they were all good, but creepy and uh... we we love we love that we love secrets, don't yeah. we? We oh, love, absolutely, yeah. You know, because everybody has the skeletons in their closet, and I think we all are obsessed with those kinds of yeah. shows. I like uh, so if you love, you know, if you're a sci-fi fan, mm-hmm. I think you'll dig this. It certainly, I think they they are hoping that this is the next Game of Thrones. I don't know that it 
It was big, but Game of Thrones wasn't as big in season one as no. you know, people made it out to be. No, that, it, took, it took a while for that to catch on. <laughs> Lot, that's a I pretty lofty ex- yeah, expectation. But yeah, so Lovecraft Country's worth watching. It got silly towards the end, yeah. but uh, very graphic violence in this. Okay. A lot of weird stuff. A lot of monsters and it seems blood. Like, and, it seems like know. an interesting concept to kind of mash together. And it has all of those... You know, 50s racial barrier things. Right. You know, the one woman wants a job at Marshall Fields, the department store. Well, she's black. She can't work there. Yeah, so how right. does she end up working there? Right. I won't spoil it, but it, <laughs> it involves a magical spell. All and, right. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently, okay, so what, white people and spells and monsters. Yeah, okay. Well, if you were black and wanted to be white, there's a spell for that. Oh, okay. There must be a spell for everything. There's then. a spell for everything in this. And, and then you... So, you shed your identity to. I, I, yeah, I know. I, now I'm going to shut up. I know, it's all right. I but got you. you're on the right track. Okay. You're on the right track. All right. <laughs> and I enjoyed Lovecraft Country. I think it's a pretty big hit for them. And yeah, it sounds it was like all it. Right. Got a little silly towards the end. But, you know, Game of Thrones, I, I fell off of. Because it got too silly for me. It got too. It didn't make sense. Yeah, uh, you know. Is Lovecraft? Is it just been on one year? Yeah, like first season? season just wrapped up. So okay. ten episodes. Okay. And uh, you know, mm-hmm. time travel. That's a that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Time machine stepping into a big it's mess. A there. Lot. I mean, oh, as soon as when you, you think about off. like one of the complaints, obviously, is things like Star Wars and that is like, hey, this story doesn't make sense. Mm-hmm. Boy, you could make that complaint about this show. Oh god! But it's it's pretty good. Yeah. Uh, I watched speaking of sci-fi, Soulmates. You hear this one? Uh, I've heard of it. It's on AMC. Like... Okay, and they've only aired a few episodes. Now, here's how I got to this show. This is a weird roundabout way. I was watching Ted Lasso. Mm-hmm. which is a comedy about uh, an American football coach who ends up coaching an English soccer team. Oh, yeah, yeah. Jason Sudeikis. Yeah. I reviewed it last episode, said it was one of the best shows of the year. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that makes it great is the supporting cast, mm-hmm. which were, for the most part, new to me. Mm-hmm. They were like English actors and stars. It takes place in London. Mm-hmm. Well, one of the guys is this guy, Brett Goldstein. I guess it's a comic. Uh, he's just done stand-up specials. I never heard of him. Mm-hmm. He plays sort of the veteran uh, midfielder, like the real tough kind of oh, yeah. soccer player missing some teeth and he's and, great you know yeah. but he, he, he's just this rough guy and he has no sense of humor and mm-hmm. all this stuff mm-hmm. and, and he was great on the show well i found out he was a comic and that he had uh, he's actually one of the co-creators of uh soulmates oh which wow. is not a comedy it's right. a sci-fi show and i believe that his partner worked on black mirror Oh, yeah. Love and Soulmates that. is very similar to Black Mirror. Here's the premise of Soulmates. Okay. Uh, in the future, in the near future, I believe they say it's the year 2023, mm-hmm. that scientists discover that there is a gene or there is an atom or something mm-hmm. that is in your eye. Okay. And if they, if they can map this gene that you have, mm-hmm. they can find your perfect soulmate. Mm. That you will be together. So if you take this test and your soulmate takes this test, you know, you can match, them. You can match and that is your soulmate for life. Oh. And you will have the greatest relationship of your life. It is perfect. You will live happily ever after. Sounds now, great. here's where soulmates gets interesting, is that some of these people are already married. <laughs> That's what I was just in my next question. And then question. the test comes out. My next question And was then that. do you take the test? Yeah. Are you going to match with your significant other or will you not? Ooh. And so what the show really becomes is a morality play about mm-hmm. who are, is your match? How do you find your match? 
if you find your match, do you want to meet them? Do you want to stay? You know, what if you? What if the match was the person you're already married to? That'd be pretty sweet. That'd be pretty sweet. That would be great. Uh, what if you find out your match is somebody else? Oh, yeah, then now you've got to, yeah. What if you are matched to someone of the same sex? I was going to say you're not gay. Uh, yeah. <laughs> All of these things. Well, let's give it a go. Yeah. Well, here's what's cool about Soulmates, too, is that it is an anthology. Cool. So it exists in this universe, the right. near future where you can meet you. All the episodes have different cast. Mm-hmm. All the episodes are, are their own little 45-minute story. Okay. I like that. And so it does feel like Black Mirror in that way. Yeah. I've always liked that. They all have sort of, they have a little bit of a twist to them, Mm -hmm. if you know what I mean. Yeah. Very cool. Very sort of understated, though. Yeah. You know, it's, it's, you, you got to get into the characters and, uh, slower burn. Yeah. It's definitely a slow burn. It is not Lovecraft Country where (laughs) people are bleeding and casting spells. (laughs) And this is a real subtle, like, human story. Mm -hmm. It's like, what would you do? You sort of put yourself in the place of these people. I think it's really good. I like that. Uh, they've only aired, I think, four so far, and they, they're. I think they're making six. So I like it. It's cool. Like it's on AMC very, on their app. Very cool concept. Or on your cable. Yeah, on your whatever. Whatever you got. <laughs> whatever illegal Satellite, thing you yeah. got. Which splice wires. Sometimes you got to do that too. <laughs> yeah, uh, you of know. course, you got to get by. So as I'm watching Ted Lasso, going back to that show, mm-hmm. th- this kid Nathan, who was the water boy on that show, essentially. Mm-hmm. Was one of the great characters. Mm-hmm. He's a uh, what is he? Middle Eastern? I don't even know this guy. He's Indian. <laughs> the, the 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 actor's name is Nick Muhammad, who's a comedian, and he created his own show that I found. Mm-hmm. It's called Intelligence. Intelligence. It's on the Peacock streaming service. Oh, the NBC. Okay. Yeah. Now I think it aired somewhere in England. A lot of these shows air in England and then come over. Yeah, there's a couple I'm thinking of. Right yeah, now. yeah. But Intelligence is one that came over. David Schwimmer is the star of Intelligence. Yeah. And he is an American NSA agent. So National Security Administration spies shit, you mm-hmm. know. Yeah. And he has to go work at the British version of the NSA, the GHSE or something. I forget what the initials are, but mm. people in England will know. Mm-hmm. And he has to go work at this... Inta- so he's like the outsider American... Fish out of water. Fish out of water, yeah. which is kind of the Ted Lasso thing, yeah. too. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, he's a real hard ass. He swings his dick around. He's going to this. He's going to show these Brits how to run their... Swimmer, yeah. 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 I mean, you know, so he plays this guy. I think his name is Jerry Goldstein. And David Schwimmer is so great in this. It's I was going to say, he's, he's a lot better than people. He can yeah, do a yeah, lot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he, he does. And this is great. And Nick Muhammad is uh, kind of the young agent who... David Schwimmer kind of takes under his wing. Okay. And it really feels like, imagine like The Office, but with spies. That's what this feels like. That's... And and it's great. And it's six half hour, six 22 minute episodes. I love the idea of what you just said. I always love when you mash together things that don't seem like they would fit. And I think Nick wrote all of these episodes. Mm -hmm. And so, uh, boy, if you loved him and Ted Lasso, he's kind of doing the same Shtick here. And this is on NBC's streaming service? It's on Peacock. Peacock, okay. And I believe you have to be Peacock Premium to see it. That sounds... Because it's considered an original. Okay. It's not... You know, like, Peacock has the original shows. Like, if you want to watch the NBC sitcom from last night... Right. ...that was on NBC over the air, mm-hmm. I think you can go to Peacock and watch that mm-hmm. with no money changing hands. Right. They'll put commercials in during yeah. the show. But I think if you want to watch this show, and there was a show um, called Hitman that we, me and my girlfriend watched, which mm-hmm. is another British show mm-hmm. that was funny. It was on Peacock. AP Bio 
is another one that I watched. So you have to get Peacocked if you want to. You got to get Peacock Premium. <laughs> Peacock and then Premium. If, if you want Peacock Premium with no commercials. Oh boy, it's an extra five bucks. So many, uh, so, so many. So it's either choices. five bucks or ten bucks. <laughs> they say variety is the spice of life, but sometimes you can well, have too it's many hard choices to watch these shows. Oh, it is. But when I found out that. He had made this show because I thought he was so funny on Ted Lasso. Nick Mom and I said, let's watch this. How bad could it be? And it was great. Well, you're so. chasing down somebody you already like. so It's, re- it's really funny. And uh, yeah, watch Intelligence. I- I'm highly recommending that as well. These are Especially great. if you like Ted Lasso. Yeah, these are great recommendations. Yeah, Ted Lasso. And then here's the weirdest thing I think I watched in the last... And then we, we got a right one two hours, brother. No, right on, man. And you yeah. tell me about shows, too. I'm going to give you a chance. Yeah, for sure. But John Bronco. John Bronco. I love the name. John Bronco is <laughs> it's a mockumentary. It's on Hulu. Mm-hmm. It's probably 45 minutes. John Bronco. Okay. Here's what's weird about it. It is a mockumentary about the pitch man for the original Ford Bronco <laughs> from the 1960s. Wow. And what was his li- It's a documentary about his life. Now, this John Bronco <laughs> was the pitchman for the Bronco. A lot of potential. It was yeah. named after him, according to this fake documentary. Okay. And Walton Goggins plays John oh, Bronco. I so love if you've him. seen. Yeah, I love him. Uh, okay. Yeah. I, I said earlier that Nathan for You is the funniest TV show ever made. Mm-hmm. It might be Vice Principals, which stars Walton Goggins. Uh, and uh, Danny McBride. Danny right? McBride. Yeah, yeah, I've watched that. Uh, if, it's it's, if it's not Nathan for you, it's Vice Principals. And Walton Goggins is the oh, man on that show. Yeah, he really is. So he plays this guy who, you know, you see him in the 60s, and then he goes through the 70s and the 80s and all of that as like this, you know, kind of a Burt Reynolds type <laughs> Macho. Thing. Yeah. And, and you see, you know, all of these people come on. I think it's... um. Tim Meadows oh, yeah. was his manager, and you see Tim Meadows talking about John Bronco. And, <laughs> oh, so that like face-to-face interview, like the well, interview. It's like, the, yeah, a sit-down documentary, yeah. interview, yeah. and Tim Meadows is talking about, well, I met John Bronco in 1973, <laughs> and right. I decided he, you know, and, and, and <laughs> but here's what's weird. It's like made to be promotional material for the new Ford Bronco truck. So in a way, it's an ad. It's like an ad for the Ford Bronco. It's an extended. I got the. I got a whole article. It's so crazy. That's actually a really good. Because the guy idea. who made it has made a bunch of other stuff that I've heard of. I don't know if I saw anything. There was an article on theRinger.com. It says how they made Walton Goggins' wild new mockumentary, John Bronco, and it was directed by a guy named Jake Zemanski, who made Tour de Pharmacy. Which was like uh, Andy Samberg's mm. did oh. like a Tour de France documentary where everybody was like on drugs. <laughs> it was a mockumentary. I never saw. In other words, just the Tour de France. Yeah, it's, it's pretty... such a weird show. This John Bryan again. It's a forty-minute thing. Oh, you know what else he made? This John Samansky guys. Did you ever see the Will Ferrell old Milwaukee Super Bowl commercial? Yeah, that like aired in it, Milwaukee, like yeah. on the local feed of yeah. the Super Bowl. Yeah, he made that too. So he's oh, one of those so he's kind of yeah. So he's tied. Tie he probably has a marketing background. I, I, mean, I do not even know. That's but, really that's really uh, original. Yeah, it's a it's a really funny premise for show, and of course it all leads to like I don't want to ruin it, but you hmm. know, a lot of it was shot in Dearborn, Michigan. Cool at Ford headquarters. Cool. 
And there's a guy, he's actually one of the actors from Righteous Gemstones, mm. which Walton Goggins is on as well, another yeah. damn bright show. And he is like the archivist of the Ford Bronco. And you see him showing all of these old, you know, John Bronco, John Bronco. ads and John Bronco. Like he made a record and it's all Of course all this he did, yeah. Hilarious. It's all, you can see where this goes. Yeah. And uh, That's a Walton cool Goggins idea. is great and it's really funny. It's on Hulu. Yeah. And it's kind of this weird thing where like, I, I'm going to tell my girlfriend, I didn't know anything about it. Yeah. I was just flipping through Hulu and I said, Walton Goggins has a new show. Let's watch this. Oh, yeah. I like him a lot. And, and, and of course, it ended up being that. And I'm, I'm saying to her during this thing, I go, I think like Ford paid for this. That is really cool. <laughs> that is a bizarre. Very odd way to market the Bronco. But wow. it is, uh, they're putting out a new Ford Bronco. This maybe, is part of it. Maybe, I don't know. Maybe that's exactly what you need at this moment in time is to do something that nobody's really seen well, before. Yeah, it, look, if you like Walton Goggins and... You get your Goggins... Fi- you, you, you get, get your, your fix on this. It's him <laughs> doing Walton Goggins. You get your Goggins. Well, I, I and I guess one of the premises of the show is that people in America have forgotten about John Bronco. Right. But his legend lives in Iceland. <laughs> of course. So they go to Iceland and oh, interview the natives love, about John Bronco. Love and, Iceland. Yeah, that's great. That's cool. <laughs> Yeah, because some of that stuff, in reality, stuff hits in weird sure, places yeah, yeah, yeah. that you never... And you've all heard you know. about, you know... So you imagine, like, the Marlboro Man. Right. Who, this, he was one of those. Okay. Yeah, and I was going to say, that's what it reminds me of, the Marlboro Man. And it's very much... And he has the, the big Burt Reynolds mustache and all that stuff, so... It, but that's, that kind of advertising was always perfect for, like, there's a legend behind this. Oh, it's sure, just so yeah. macho. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It just yeah. radiates masculinity. Yeah. And, I, you know, John Bronco's, you know, not the most progressive fella. And of course he's not. Too, so. He's a fish out of water and for time. And you know that John Bronco dated Bo Derek in her heyday. Of course he did. Probably Raquel Welch, too. Right? <laughs> they interview a contemporary Bo Derek. How she, like she's, in, she's in the How she look these days? You have to watch. Okay. Yeah. She got to be what? You watch. Okay. She's 60s, probably. Okay. 60s. I'll watch. Yeah. I'll give you my opinion on Bo. <laughs> <laughs> she's still so, a, a 10. So, yeah. so that's on Hulu. Yeah. John Bronco with Wong Guy. Weird show. But, yeah. I mean, weird. That sounds funny, yeah, It's just though. a weird project. Yeah. Like, how do you make this thing? And I almost felt like maybe they'll make John Bronco, like, it could be like a Super Bowl ad or something. Yeah, I was going to say. Or, you know, you get like, a, like kind of this A-list star to do this wacky pitch. Yeah. But I, I don't even know that they're doing that. It sounds like it's got potential to do more. Like, I, I, didn't, I never heard about this thing. And after I saw it is when I looked up this article. How'd you stumble onto it? Just, just flipping through Hulu. Flipping through Hulu, yeah. My girlfriend was, we were watching show, we were watching probably something on Hulu. And she's like, I go to the bathroom. So I'm flipping through, waiting for her to was. come back. And I go, I think we're going to watch this. And she's like, I like him yeah. from the shows. And I go, yeah. Just uh, How weird is it that you can just not know about? There's so many things that oh, you yeah, can just yeah. not know you'll about never, it. You'll never find them and unless you know somebody tells you. And yeah. My girlfriend, here, her, here's her thing. This is the fight that we have. Me and her. <laughs> I'll say, we're going to watch this thing. I, I say, I would like to watch this thing, whether it be on the rocks or, you know, uh, Lovecraft Country or The Undoing or, you know, especially the John Wilson show, you know, Mm -hmm. how to John Wilson. It got good reviews. I read an article about it. Mm -hmm. It Sounds good to me. Mm -hmm. And her argument is always like, well, I don't think the reviews mean anything. And I go, I go back and forth. I go, look, there are times that you are right. (laughs) <laughs> I believe On the Rocks got good reviews, or sure. at least got, you know, mm-hmm. decent reviews, mm-hmm. and neither of us like that. Mm-hmm. So she's using that as, like, evidence that, like, 
Oh, I see. Oh, yeah. That's see yeah. on the rocks. And I go, I told you so. did you enjoy Ted Lasso? That was my favorite show. Well, how the fuck did we end up watching that? Because I heard it was good. It got good reviews. So we put it on. Right. There you it know, is. And, 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 and to, it's like, you know, yeah. You don't know so, unless you try. I mean. And she's, you know, she, she thinks they don't mean anything. Mm. And I go, they mean something. Not every review, not every show is going to be for you. Yeah, they mean something. They're not and insignificant. Like, I don't think anyone's really going to enjoy On the Rocks. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, and I told her, yeah, I enjoyed the opening act more than you did because of the comedy angle mm-hmm. and knowing all of those people that I knew that were in that movie. But, you know, you liked Nathan for you, which you didn't think you would like. So you'll probably like the John so you, Wilson show. You're hitting her with logic. Did. Yeah. But, and she did. Taking the emotion And so, out. you know, I mean... One of the ways that I find shows to watch is I go on Rotten Tomatoes or Metacritic. I do too, yeah. Or, you know, if it's an actor that I've searched for, I use, you know, the Google app, mm-hmm. which gives you, like, my news feed of the day. Right. And there'll be, you know, stories about the guys that were in this show. You know, Walton got, you know, and in that case, I stumbled on it. But, sure. you know, you may stumble into an article about, you know, what Danny McBride is up to. Oh, he's got a new show. Let's yeah. watch it. Or maybe you're watching The Shield, and then you go check out Walter Goggins' IMDb page. Yeah, and like, oh, sure. look, he's got doing I this I like that. Well, that's how I found Soulmates and Intelligence. Was I that. liked Ted Lasso. I looked up those actors, saw what they were doing now. Mm-hmm. Okay, I'll watch that. There you, you know? go. And, and, you know, to my girlfriend, names of directors and producers don't mean much. <laughs> you know, they don't. They don't her, you know, yeah. When we watched that um, uh, Totally Under Control documentary, which she loved, by the way, mm-hmm. uh, you know, it was directed by this guy, Alex Gibney, mm-hmm. who has made, he made the big Scientology documentary mm-hmm. that was on HBO, mm-hmm. and he made the, uh, the one about Theranos, you know, the, the lady who created the little blood sample. It ended up being a big con. I forget yeah. the name of that movie. Okay, no, but I'm he not. made that movie. Mm-hmm. And I said, we're going to watch this documentary about you know the covid crisis oh, in america right, that we started with yeah. uh, i don't want to watch that i said what's well, the guy who made the theranos documentary and she was oh okay boom yeah you know so i use that as a guy sure oh yeah to go oh this director yeah like we talk about tenant well it's christopher nolan yeah i know what to expect <laughs> yeah it's... i like his stuff yeah some of his stuff i like more than others but to me if you say here's a new chris nolan movie I go, okay I know, you that got was my money. My big event that yeah, I was waiting for you before got, the you COVID get your money. shut everything down. So you know, I don't necessarily go by actors or it's kind of what my friends like. Go or by whatever. feel and instinct. Yeah, yeah, you can get an idea for what's going to be good when you look at work that people have done previously. Of course, it's and, highly you know, likelihood yeah. you're going to like their next right. look too. I will I'm very unlikely like uh, you know Adam Sandler's Halloween <laughs> movie. Right. Right. <laughs> It, you know, we had a fight a, about that. A couple chuckles in there somewhere, but we had a fight about that. She Adam wanted Sandler. to watch, and you she didn't. wanted to watch it. Yeah, I said, "All right, we're on Netflix. You can hit the button to play the trailer." Mm-hmm. We put the trailer on. She goes, "This looks so stupid." Mm-hmm. I said, "Yeah, we ain't watching this. Not goes, good, stupid either." She goes, "Yeah, we're not watching this." Is he in there? So, Jiminy doo and all uh, that bullshit. You know, know. <laughs> look, I I didn't like Uncut Gems at all. Remember this. I was just thinking about Cut Gems. And it was one of my least favorite movies. And that was his good one. <laughs> but he, he was good in Punch Drunk Love, too. Yeah, he was good in that. And, and I, I hoped that Uncut Gems was... I don't think he was the problem in Uncut Gems. No, I don't. But it's, he didn't make it ba- better than... I don't know. That movie stressed me out. I was stressed when I left yeah. the theater. Oh, you saw it in the theater? Yeah, I just was like, that's yeah. just a lot happening. Because it's on Netflix now, and I know a lot when it first came on Netflix, I think a lot of people ran to it, and I think a lot of people 
kind of agreed with me. Well, I think you and Corey, Corey didn't like it. And yeah, I Corey said didn't I liked like it. it. Yeah. yeah, well, I mean, it's, eh. uh, yeah. you know, I'm like, I, I mean, I'm with you on it, but yeah. the actual thing I didn't like. I, yeah. You know, it's, mm-hmm. and sometimes that happens too, where it's, you know, Sofia Coppola. Right. People will watch On the Rocks as fans of Lost in Lost Translation, Translation yeah. and all those movies, and, and they're going to go, didn't work for me. Yeah. And that's how I am, and it's not, I'm not mad at anybody about it. No, you know? it's, it's just, just and they're, work. And, they're, and they as directors are trying new things and styles right. and, you know, and the, like I said, artists always wants to evolve, so you're not and, gonna you know, like it. And Bill Murray's still great. Yeah, this movie's not great, but you know, we still love Bill. Murray. Well, as soon as he shows up, you know what you're gonna get. You know, it's Bill Murray. All right, you got any other things before we wrap it up? I don't know. You watching anything? Uh, yeah, you know, I think during COVID, we've been catching up on shows that we never saw before, oh. like Fargo. Oh yeah, Far- I, I've been talking about that one. Have you? Okay. I've only watched the first two seasons. I know the new one's on. People say the new one's not as good, but I don't know. I didn't like the third one. I haven't oh, okay. watched the fourth. Yeah. The third one was Ewan McGregor, yeah. but it's not It's not because of him. I like him. We uh, Peaky Blinders. Uh, okay. Great. Never seen it, but again, I heard good things. Love it. Right now we're watching The Haunting of Bly Manor. Oh, yeah. Which is sort of the sequel to The Haunting yeah. of... Hill. Not, but it's an anthology show. Okay. And... Um, yeah, that's what October is, you know. Yeah, I like those shows it's, in October. It's, it's horror movies and horror shows yeah. and everything. And I think a show that we watched that maybe people missed, it's called Taboo, and it has Tom Hardy, and it was on FX. And okay. this apparently was his dream project. Huh. They're going to do more seasons, but you know the, the premise is essentially... Uh, let's see, early, is it early 1700s England? And he was the, the, the shipping heir and he goes away and kind of gets into black magic and his father dies. And he comes back to okay. reclaim the company. And there's some really, really cool stuff that goes on there. And then, uh, you know, like, like everybody, I, I don't know if you enjoy Ozark. Uh, Ozark I've not good. seen it, but okay. boy, that is the one that everybody tells you to watch. <laughs> I like, like that a lot. Yeah. I think when people say it's like break diet, breaking bad, they're missing that. It's not it's not really like that. It's guess what? I never watched. Really? And you know breaking what? Bad. Good, good for you, because I can't it's, stand the you never watched I, you it. Know, you I, suck. You know, my feeling with those kind of shows. And look, I'm a guy who sits here and. and tells people to watch things sure I, I i think if somebody says to me i don't want to watch that mm-hmm. i'm gonna be like okay i i so am i because like everybody pushing. likes different things yeah if you're somebody though that i'm like i really really think that you will like like say this how to with john wilson mm-hmm. if i really feel someone has like a quirky sense of comedy right i'm gonna go this no this show's for you right that then i might be a little more like Make an imperative out of you should really watch this. Yeah, I don't like. But other times people. I just go, you know, it's okay. Yeah. You know, people go, well, you didn't watch Breaking Bad. It's like, yeah, but I watched all these other shows. Right. And you didn't watch those. I just think it's so. <laughs> you watched eight seasons of Breaking Bad right, right, or whatever. Right, right. Yeah, you missed out. And you missed out on yeah. all of these other shows. I mean, I hadn't seen a Fargo mm-hmm. before the pandemic. Yeah. I started yeah. watching that. So did we? Yeah. Yeah. But, well, part of it is that they put all the FX stuff on Hulu. Right, because Disney and owns FX now. Yeah, so I know. That yeah, became part of it. Was the easy thing. to just ac- yeah, access. Yeah, so it was it. like, oh fuck yeah, and then even some of their other shows, it's like, oh, an FX show. Yeah, give me those. Yeah. The, another couple that we got into uh, Animal Kingdom on, from TNT. Okay, I, I've ba- heard of it. Based on the movie. Okay. But the movie's Australia. This is the same premise, but in America. Okay. And then I don't know if anybody has heard of the show Ripper Street. Really great. It was on the BBC. It's essentially about. 
the people that work in Whitechapel right after the Ripper Street murders. So it's kind of what they okay. get into. And then finally, and this was on, this has been on YouTube for a couple of years, but pure entertainment value. Cobra Kai is a lot of fun, yeah, you man. Know, that's another one that everybody that likes watches. Oh. It seems to really like it. It's a cool premise because it's it's kind of Johnny's story, not Daniel's. Okay, yeah. And you start with Johnny, and that's yeah. just a. That's a really cool way to get back into that world. Yeah, I, you know, I would probably watch that, but again, it's a, it just comes down to time. And, yeah. You know, I, and I tell my girlfriend this, too. I say, you know, I only watch episodic television with you. Right. That's what I tell her. Yeah, yeah I know. I, I, don't, go, I don't watch it by myself at all. When I sit all. down by myself, I'm watching rock and roll documentaries. I'm watching how-to guitar stuff on YouTube. I'm, I'm watching, watching stuff my wife's not going to be interested in. I'm watching wrestling. There's wrestling that she watches with me, but I watch New Japan Pro Wrestling, which she doesn't watch, you know, so I'm watching that. I mean, I'm doing all those things. I'm with you. I don't think my wife wants to watch the new animated Transformers movie okay. show with me, but I will be yeah. watching that anyways. So, I love it. Uh, yeah, I mean, you, you kind of pick your things, yeah. and I, yeah. I say to her, she goes, well, I, you know, I said, well, can we watch, you know, like some of these, she will really get, like, Oh, I don't know if I can sit through that or, you know, because they're gory. Like, yeah. like Lovecraft Country was one where she was sort of like, oh, yeah. we got another one of those. I'm like, yeah, it's the last <laughs> one. And, and she goes, why don't you just watch it by yourself? And I said, well, I don't watch this shit without you. Right. <laughs> My wife and I are really good about, you know, I always say that something has to grab me in the first 15 minutes. Yeah. That doesn't mean it has to be exciting. Right. It yeah. just has to have a premise that I like. But then I also like pick shows that I think she will like. Oh, totally. And I, I don't go like, I know there's things that she won't like. Yeah. And so I don't say that, hey, we should watch those together. Exactly. You guys know each but other when well I enough. go, oh, I think you would like this. So, you know, when it's anything to do with like high school kids, like she loves all that shit, you know, yeah. uh, college kids. The new yeah. thing is like, here, here's, here's sort of a genre I think that has evolved. That has come, it's like the 30 something couple with children. Yeah. 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 Catastrophe yeah. on Amazon Prime, which great show. Okay. Like Catastrophe. Yeah. We just finished I'm Sorry. Same fucking premise. <laughs> this lady, Andrea Savage, who's kind of playing herself in this. She's like a podcaster. And she's got a husband, and they got a, like a first grader, kindergartner, I guess, in this. And it's kind of like Curb Your Enthusiasm with like a mommy. Well, okay. You know, it's, it's, it's pretty funny, but she is annoying. She's got to, yeah. she talks a lot. Yeah. Uh, but like, I'm sorry, but that's sort of a genre. I was going to say that. It's sounds sort of like a genre a of like, you know, parents trying to raise was, a kid. And there's other ones the kid, too. Yeah. And I'm trying to think. Oh, uh, Breeders was like that. That oh, I've was heard on. Of that, yeah. That was great, actually. I like Breeders a lot. It was, uh, what's the guy's name from the British office? Oh, gosh. You'll know him when you see him. Yeah. He's great. He's I know what you're actor. talking about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you remember that way back in the day, that TV show 30-something? Yeah. Was that sort of that? Or was I just remember... I like, think that was more of a drama. White people I think now about it's everything. like a sitcom. It's like a sitcom staple. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like yeah. parents trying to cope. That was like, more of a like, drama. Like, it's like older parents trying to adjust to parenthood. Yeah, kind of is the new thing, and they kind of, and she loves that shit. And I, I don't have kids, so I'm sort of like, eh, you know, I don't either. Shoulder but, shrug, <laughs> but you she, know, you know, that that's a genre that she's always down for. That well, yeah, I mean, I'm sure a you lot know. of people can relate to it, so that's yeah. that's cool. And then you know, we have to balance our half hour shows and our hour shows. Yeah, oh yeah, there's only so much time. You know, that's the thing, right? Because she, she works like a nine to five, or actually, it's like seven to four. But right. you know, she has to get you know, like she has to be in bed by ten. 
Yeah, my wife. So is it's that like same we're way, yeah. we're uh, you know we're starting the show. We're eating dinner at six. Yeah. Well, what show can we watch during dinner? Yeah. Well, we can watch a comedy during dinner. Yeah. You know, so we watch you know during the pandemic, during dinner we watch The Office. Oh yeah. You know, we watch Impractical Jokers during this stuff that oh, you yeah. can kind of just laugh just through. Just get through, yeah. You don't necessarily need to pay that close of attention yeah. to get the shows. And then it's like, okay, we're done with dinner. All right, what do we got that's kind of scary or murdery? Murdery. Because if I can't watch it right before bed, <laughs> so then we watch that hour same. long. And it could be like a crime documentary, you know, or one of those. Do you watch multiple shows at the same, like... You have a, like you have an, uh, multiple shows going on. Like watch two episodes of this last night. Then tonight we're going to watch two episodes. Well, sure. Else. Well, sometimes you ca- catch up, you know. Yeah. And then like they're they're coming out once a week, and so you oh, right. get to watch, you know. Oh, so I don't do that. We wait till the season is oh, done, okay. and then well, we go. It depends. Yeah. No. It, to each his own. It's just that would be hard for me to do I, it that way. I always like to watch them as soon as they come. If it's something that's on now, mm-hmm. I like to watch as soon as I can because the spoilers come out. Yeah, they'll, you know, And then I go, ah, oh, fuck. You know, like <laughs> the, the boys was like that. They're all these boys spoilers. That yeah. was a good show. And, you know, people, spoilers, oh, oh, oh this guy, this superhero dies. And all I remember stuff. the first oh, episode of The Mandalorian. I remember just reading like, yeah. That reveal at the end. I'm yeah. like, wait a minute. And then I'm yeah. like, oh, that's that right. you little can't, guy. Yeah. You, you have to, if you don't catch up with it, they'll be spoiled for you and then yeah. you don't care. Uh, but yeah, we totally like block out our night that way. Yeah, and then before bed, we're back to that half hour <laughs> sitcom that we started that with. Settles a little you easier. You know, like yeah. it's been Intelligence. That was the one we just finished. It was six episodes. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so like we do one in the year, or you know all that shit. So. Yeah. We all have our rituals, man. I think yeah. we're especially learning now during uh, yeah. lockdowns and pandemics. You know. Yeah. But it make, it makes the time go by if you can find stuff you it both does. enjoy and it does and you know certainly saw tons of stuff. Do you guys do you guys ever watch uh, the comedy specials? Not really. Not I, usually. I think you would, not, yeah. not the uh, you know like the the stand up stuff for the most part. We watched uh, John Mulaney the other day. I love okay. love John Mulaney. I don't know if you're a fan, but I think he's just really really I, whip, whip I saw smart. John Mulaney once at one of those. I forget what they called it. The all day. DTE music and oh, did he play one of those? Yeah, he did one of those with Amy Schumer and yeah, Aziz, I remember that Aziz was on that one yeah. and, and uh, a bunch of people. Yeah, he was on that. He was good. I'm not, you know, stand up comedy. I do not watch on television. I didn't think for you would. the most part. Yeah, because it's to me, it's I see it live and mm-hmm. I know that it's you know they cobble those together from multiple shows of course they they can make the laughter bigger <laughs> when yeah. they want it to be sure. and it's like i see so much comedy lie and that is the best way to see it anyway. oh it, of course it is uh, you know my girlfriend wants to watch the new chelsea handler thing and i'm like you is can she, watch does that she have a new me. special she has a new stand-up I'm not special. a huge fan of hers we watched amy schumer mm-hmm. get pregnant and have her baby that was a reality show really that was on hbo that was yeah Ugh. yeah i'm not no you know, I don't. I don't hate her like a lot of people do. At that all. was my review of the show. Yeah. By the way, a lot of people hate her. I do not. But I just. I don't. That doesn't sound like something I'd be interested in. But you know, we watch that. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I, I guess if it's stand up adjacent, mm-hmm. we will watch it. Meaning, know. what? What do you mean? Like, like comedians and cars getting coffee. Oh or yeah, yeah, yeah. That's fun. something like that documentary kind of thing or the. The opening act. That show, every episode is the comedian being nice to people and Seinfeld being a... <laughs> him and John Mulaney are out walking around. Uh, don't touch me. It's just a, uh, it's a little a little much I think sometimes. he's done... I don't know if it's COVID related. I think he's done making those. Yeah, I think he is too. At least too. he said he was. They run out of people to talk to or something. I suppose. I that one with Eddie Murphy was really uh, eye-opening. It was... That was... You know, I reviewed that when it came out. Mm-hmm. 
And I said, you know, Ed is trying to come out. He's trying to get back into the yeah, you can. main show. I think COVID's kind of, he might have toured. I think that I think was, he was what starting he was to build. He's been out for so long. To tour. And I go, you know what? He should probably just go back home and sit in his house. Did you, did you, not, find, <laughs> did you not find him funny? I mean, you know, you lose your fastball, and I think, you know, well, you may never get that back. He's and, not doing that Mr. T, Ed Norton gay jokes. You're not no, doing and, those, and, you know? And he wouldn't do that if he did come back, right. but I think Eddie, the legend is bigger than the man at this point. I agree. And you're only going to hurt the legend. Yeah. And look, if he needs money, he needs money, go do it. Boy, what a know. nice problem to have that yeah, would be. Well, you're, too, I mean, you know, too, too, you're too great. You can't do it anymore. But, you know, I mean, those movies seem to have dried up for him. I don't they know have. who's... He was kicking it for a he's while He's making there. Dr. Doolittle or The Clumps anymore. Right. So, you know, I guess, hey, you want to live a certain way, you need money, Yeah. you go do stand-up. And the Netflix specials... And he, He'd sell every ticket to every oh, stand-up show. Uh, like, it's In like five said, minutes, he yeah. put the national tour on sale. All the tickets would be gone. It's Eddie Murphy. Because it's Eddie Murphy. It's Eddie Murphy. And he'd be able to cash in at least once. Yeah, for sure. Would he get to go back and play? <laughs> I don't know. Would he get to go back and play every NBA arena? Oh, I don't, a I don't second know about time? that. I Probably not. No, I think that'd be a one-time deal. And, and, you know, maybe he ends up at, uh, you know, but then those some of those guys were just, they wouldn't work for club money or anything so then no. you know you'd never see him again well the i, I think uh r- r- real quick the two um uh, comedy special that actually uh gave me a lot of laughs when i need him the most was anthony jeselnik i think it's i, I love that he looks like a ken doll <laughs> but he's so fucking weird and twisted i love that I saw, he was on that same show that i saw was Melania. He? yeah okay yeah that was really i remember jeselnik at the time so this is four or five years ago mm-hmm. He was getting a lot of shit because he was like the new Dane Cook. Oh, is that how people and, saw him? And, you know, him? Dane Cook, even today, Dane Cook is, you know, nobody likes Dane Cook anymore. I don't know. Whatever. Yeah, whatever, I don't whatever really to get Dane that. Cook. But... I mean, I, 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 I don't have a strong opinion on Dane Cook. Mm-hmm. I get why people don't like him. Why do you, you think know? they don't like him? Just because he got so popular so fast? He got or? very popular. He was more popular than he was funny. Yeah, that's true. And he appealed to a certain demographic of people that I don't like. Like bro dude, fraternity yeah, it guy. It was very bro Yeah. And plus, you know, as a comic and, and a teacher of comedy, mm-hmm. he was the guy. And, and there's different guys, and they come and go. Mm-hmm. The guy that when you go to the open mic, every guy wants to be. Mm-hmm. There was a good six, eight months where every new comic uh, wanted to be Dane Cook, and sure. it was annoying. Yeah. So Jezelnik kind of got painted with that brush. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's the case anymore. No, I don't either. And when I saw him, he's funny. I mean, I, funny. I got no beef with his act or anything. No. But, you know, sometimes, you know, maybe Dane Cook's funny. I don't know. I don't yeah. bother to watch it. He's got one bit that I really thought was funny about this. The guy playing the flute in, like, the Civil War march. I think that's pretty original and funny, but yeah. not a huge... I mean, it's nothing like bad to say the about comedy just, is subjective. Exactly. And believe me, you can go... <laughs> And I know working in Comedy Castle, people will send these angry emails about the comedian they saw that they didn't like. And it's like, well, it's subjective. Right. You know? Is that how those are dealt with usually? Or is it something that has to be addressed (laughs) with the comedian? Or Mark Ridley knows comedy. Of course. And he books comedians that he thinks are good. Mm -hmm. And if he almost, he watches the comedians every week. 
Mm-hmm. He watches every headliner. Mm-hmm. Yeah, watches every act. Mm-hmm. Whether you're on the open mic or you're the opener, the middle, or mm-hmm. the headliner. Mm-hmm. And he has his opinion on your act. Mm-hmm. If he doesn't like your act, you won't come back. Mm-hmm. So people writing a letter saying, I don't like this person doesn't really mean shit in his Because he's doing his thing. Because he knows. Yeah, of course. You know, and that's what makes that club good. Oh, yeah. Now, you or me, mm-hmm. maybe more me because I went out on the road, mm-hmm. would have that thing where somebody in the audience didn't like me. <laughs> they tell the guy running the place. Yeah. The guy running the place wasn't watching the show. Right. He tells the agent who booked me, mm-hmm. who also didn't watch the show, because mm-hmm. he's sitting in an office somewhere collecting a fucking commission. Exactly. <laughs> and right. then yeah. you, as the comedian, or me... <laughs> you get hurt. ...are not playing that club anymore. Oh, yeah. And that's really where people's opinions can hurt your career. That, that's But that stuff is unavoidable. Yeah, it is. And, and what it comes down to is, you know... You know, if somebody complains to the comedy castle, they literally are told, we apologize. Comedy is subjective. Of course. Which I think is the right answer. And if you have, you know, I mean, one of the things that we're very proactive at the comedy castle is, well, just go watch them online. Mm-hmm. When you go to our website, there's like almost that. always a link to the guy. I like that. Doing a TV spot mm-hmm. or some special. If there isn't, I go find and, it myself. And then yeah. you just go watch that. Mm-hmm. And, and like, if you thought that was funny, come. If you don't think that's funny, don't come. That's always a really and good... You might yeah. not know the opening act, but so what if he stinks? He's on for 15 minutes. Yeah, exactly. Uh, one line r- r- real quick. You mentioned going to the open mic and seeing that guy. Um, I was at an open mic right before the, the pandemic. Cook guys? No, it was, uh, <laughs> it was... I was watching the guy, and I'm like... Something about this feels familiar, and then I realized he was just basically oh. doing Mitch Head Hedberg. Yeah, like yeah, the you know I'm like yeah, like do you think people aren't going to notice? Like he's a, he's another guy that people emulate. They or, do. Or he's got that cult that status, thing. and they're so unique that mm-hmm. you know right away that's what they're doing. Yeah. So I don't know, and I don't even know. I mean, aside from Dane Cook, you know those guys, you know th- those things come and go. Sure. You know. Yeah, they do. Usually, and usually, even if you are that guy. Mm-hmm. Even if you're the Dane Cook clone, mm-hmm. in order to stay in the business, you have to develop your own style anyway. Mm-hmm. It just happens mm-hmm. naturally. You evolve yeah, and to think, something else. And I think you, you instinctively and maybe subconsciously pull things oh, from sure. people yeah, that yeah, you yeah, love, yeah. you know? And, and, you know, you... Well, like, my thing when I started, and I always say, I had a guy. And then Ted Moss goes, I didn't have that guy. I think mm-hmm. we might even talk about last time he was here. Mm-hmm. But, you know, you have a guy that you made you want to do stand-up mm-hmm. for most people it's one guy mm-hmm. or mm-hmm. maybe two guys and for me it was even though i was a fan of so many comedians growing up when i heard robert chimmel i said i want to do robert that's the act i could do right. that speaks to me i can write jokes in his style mm-hmm. and so when i started comedy i was in my mind i was writing jokes as robert chimmel performing as robert chimmel yeah didn't really sound anything like Robert Chimmel because <laughs> my voice is different. My delivery was different. But that's okay. And eventually that means you find your own voice. Right, because nobody will mistake you for someone and just trying to rip you're them new. off. Yeah. Talk to Dave Landau, who's a popular comedian from here and mm-hmm. uh, is on the, you know, uh, Anthony Kumia show yeah. as co-host. Yeah. I- I've, talk- I've talked to him about this. And Dave, I think I told this story once on a show we were doing together. And he goes, well, I also got into comedy... <laughs> 
to to be Robert Chittle. Is and he he's, he's got the same exact story. Yeah. Now, if you hear me and you hear Dave, mm-hmm. we don't sound anything alike. No. Neither of us sounds like Robert Schimmel, but we each have our own voices. But it like, but you hear his influence. It's been filtered through. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And you hear the influence of Schimmel on me. You hear the influence of Schimmel on. Landau, mm-hmm. but you wouldn't watch Landau and go, oh, he's doing Robert Schimmel. No. I, and you wouldn't watch me and say he's doing Robert, Robert Schimmel. Because you formed it in your own way. It's funny that you'd say that. I was actually going to say Dave Landau was the guy for me. Okay, yeah. well, there you go. And I think he's great. Well, now you're, you're getting Robert Schimmel uh, <laughs> the, one, yeah, once right, removed second, yeah, or twice exactly. removed. From, exactly. Yeah, Dave's great, man. From that, yeah, awesome. Dave is fantastic. Great guy, and, too. Uh, he's a guy who should be on the show. I, I can't remember last time he was on. And, yeah. I think we even he was at one of kind of my live shows mm-hmm. and maybe didn't uh, come in the studio, but he's a busy man. But we love he Dave. Is. Uh, anything else to talk about? Anything to plug uh, before we go? We've been here long. I, yeah, I, I think we might have talked longer than than me and Ted Moss, which uh, <laughs> and I'm not gonna. It's unfortunate. Nobody's gonna get uh, mad at each other. But uh, just um, December 10th, Doomsday Shelter. We're oh. going to have our holiday show. And I will be announcing that. I'm actually going to let the election happen before I start. <laughs> it's going to get lost and all that. Well, sure. Uh, if anybody out there uh, would like to be on our shows or and or if you are struggling with anything right now, go to our website, jfilenmarsdoomsdayshelter.com. Very long, I know. I can, I can link to that on joelradio.net. Thank you very much. If you want to find out about Jason. I appreciate that. Thank you very much, Joel. And. Um, I think it, it's a fun place to go. We're not selling you anything. It's nothing like that. Okay. We just want to have fun. We want you to smile and enjoy life and, and be healthy and okay. Sounds good. All right. Thank and you. again, uh, advanced comedy class. Yes, sir. Saturday, November 7th. I've still got space. Can't wait to do for it. For some of you. <laughs> and Jason will be there. I will be there. So even more reason to come yeah. to my class starting Thank November you. 7th. Again, this is for... This is for comedians that have a little experience, you know? Uh, yeah. You did the beginner class with Bill Bashar at the Comedy Castle. You've been doing it a year or something like that. Uh, yeah. You can take the advanced comedy class with Absolutely. me. We do a deep dive into everything in the business, the performance side of comedy. So I'm looking forward to getting back to that uh, next week. So, sure. So look me up if you want to do that thing. And again, uh, check out JewelRadio.net. I got links to all kind of great stuff, all the old shows. Our Movie Mania show, I always recommend to people all year long. Because they can find movies to watch. Oh, totally. If you're looking for good movies to watch. You I'm know? actually going to go back and listen to this and get all those shows. That's great. Because, you know, the movie main thing, those movies that we were going to theater to see, they're all out on streaming or video or rental. So yeah. they're easier to watch now than exactly. they were in February. Yeah, right. So go watch some of those. I don't know. Absolutely. It's enough show. Thank you for having me, Joel. Hey, Appreciate thank it. thank you, Jason. It was Appreciate great. It. We'll catch you next time on Joel Radio. See ya.